that 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 strikes me sometimes. I'm like, fuck, I'm a business owner. Yeah. You know, and there there's times that it comes and it puts a smile on my face, and I'm like, fuck, I made it. It's me. Like I'm an immigrant. Um, you know, I came here illegally, and I was able to figure my shit out with thanks to my dad. Um, and and I'm living the American dream, but at the same time, it's like it's daunting and it's terrifying, and and uh, you know that puts me in places where it forces myself or it forces me to just become better. Welcome to a brand new episode of what I am told is the favorite Miami chef-driven podcast of ah. me. Bam, 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 bam. I don't know if uh, by um, actual, <laughs> that's a good, that's a new one. I like that. <laughs> I don't know if actually by um, by paperwork that I signed, if we're allowed to talk about it, but that's never fine. mind. We'll bleep that out. Nah, it's fine. It's totally no, no, cool. No, it's I bleeped. love breaking the law. Oh well, okay, fine. This is good. Uh, but starting I, off on the right foot. Okay, so today this is a special uh, occasion here. This is the very first time that we have a repeat guest. Is uh, it? I believe. Can you name the other one? I don't know. I don't really like a lot of people. So the fact that Pablo's only been on here twice, I'm shocked. Well, there you go. So it was almost a two years ago. No more. Three times. It was almost. Well, because we did the COVID thing over the phone. No, but if you only talk talk to Nick, it doesn't count. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. That's fair. My name's not on the sandwich. I was driving doing deliveries that day. Uh, so that. we're here with Pablo Zitzman. The last time that you were here, Pablo. And the crowd goes wild. Listen to how wild they're going. The, uh, I'm rested. I just took a nap. I'm ready. So I'll let you take it away here because you know you know the things. You don't need me to help you through this. By the way, I'm doing this one because I want a mug. You want a mug? Want a, oh, there's no yeah, mug. Yeah, you got to put this you. in your mug, huh? There it is. Mug it. There you go. Um, Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pancom Podcast featuring me and... Someone that I'm very excited to talk to, which is Pablo Sitzman, one of my very good friends, and somebody that, uh, what has it been almost two years since you were on this thing? Two he fucking said June, July, June, July. Well, the, the podcast turns two years old in June, but you were like guest number two. Fuck. <laughs> He's like, fuck, I'm old. <laughs> it feels like 10 years. First of all, I'd like to thank you for actually doing this because. Your restaurant, your new restaurant that you talked about uh, two years ago on this podcast that is, correct. is now a living, breathing thing, yeah. and it is three weeks old now. Yeah. Three weeks old. So the fact that you made time to spend with me and Nick and Petey is crazy, and I'm shocked, so thank you. No, man. We got a good team in the, in the restaurant, so I'm comfortable. That's a that's a strange and great place to be. Yeah, you know it's been just you see orders are coming in now. That's uh, good. They're doing their job. Yeah, no man, they're holding it down over there. We were down a dishwasher today. Uh, we're all good. All good, man. So let's give people context because we've talked a fuck ton, you and I privately as friends. Uh huh. Tell people what's going on. Tell people like um, I think. I'd like for people to know a little bit about the first three weeks, the first day of uh-huh. opening a restaurant. Like I know, 
I'll, I'll give people a little bit of background about what I know, which is basically uh, you found a good deal to open up a restaurant. Um, you did a lot of the building yourself, which a lot of rest- tours do. Um, and you were, you know, somewhat struggling to get open because of things that were out of your control. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you guys opened three weeks ago. So yeah. tell me, run me through, I'd like to run through the first day. Fuck. I don't know. I, I, I can't, I can't remember the first day. Um, let's talk about the day before, because the thing is that the first day, like all that nervousness, nervousness went away and all the butterflies went away once, once the restaurant like was open and just like we, we had people like you and Aquino and all the good friends that went, that went that day. Um, like everything just went away but the the day before i had a panic attack i was driving and i was doing my 35th run to restaurant depot <laughs> uh, and i was driving and i just like chain smoking and just like drinking a lot of coffee and i started crying you know like on the car just like nervous like you know i, I think that i had built so much anxiety and so much stress for the past two years that the day before I knew that he was going to be real and he just like took me by surprise like just came in a wave just all at once yeah and I remember that I had to park in a hometown barbecue for a second and just like started crying and I called my wife and I was just like a wreck and uh, she called me down and then I just <laughs> finished doing my things um, went to a restaurant and just like started prepping and uh, and yeah, man. The next day we opened. Uh, I really didn't knew what was gonna happen. We have a solid team. We have a, gr- a great gr- group group of people around us. And um, you know, I thought that I was comfortable with the food that we were gonna be serving. I thought that I was comfortable with the things that you know we said that we were going to do. And then after the first day, everything just like basically got taken taken out and just like. We did a new menu the following day, and we just changed the whole structure of how we thought that the restaurant was going to be running. Hmm. You know, um, everything positive, um, but it was just like a, a really um, roller coaster of feelings. Yeah, it's, you know? it's emotional. I, I, I'd like to go back to. I think it was probably like six weeks before you guys opened, uh-huh. and we were we were sitting in your dining room and we were talking, we were just talking about restaurants and life and things and stuff. And, you know, like me with you, I felt equally emotionally attached. Yeah. I mean, you're my friend. Yeah. yeah. And like, I want nothing but incredible success for you. And me just knowing that I went through it just five years ago, like I was emotional. Yeah. You know, like I, so I, I know how much emotion that, that, that day carries. Like I remember the, the day before Ari had opened, mm-hmm. I, I slept downstairs the day before it opened. Um, and I was here till three in the morning and like, I had no idea about so many things yeah. the day that we opened and I'm like setting up the dining room at like three thirty in the morning by myself. And I didn't know what I was doing. I was yeah. just figuring it out. And I'm like, uh, you know. I've learned a lot in the first three years, but I remember and I felt a lot of that just six weeks before you opened. Yeah. It was a connection, you know, like obviously we get along in, in several ways, you know, um, 
personally, professionally, our thought processes, whatever. But like, I can understand that feeling so much. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's a feeling that it's really hard to put in, into words. And I think that's maybe that's why, you know, unconsciously I called you that day for us to kind of like talk and needed advice from you and. You know, I was going through you know uh, a really hard time in the in the in the opening process of the restaurant. That it was just basically, you know, me and my business partners. You know, my business partner. We decided just not to do things together, and uh, I had to do everything on my own by my own. And uh, finishing a restaurant that it was half remodeled, and uh, just teaching myself how to do all those things. So to me the biggest thing that I learned from, from, from those weeks, it, it was, I needed to surround myself with people that, uh, I knew that they were going to add a lot of value to the restaurant, uh, a lot of value to, uh, the company itself. And then I just, basically I started reaching out to the people that I thought that they could help me out. And I mean, you were one of them. And then some of the people that are working with us in the restaurant now, it was just a phone call away. Hey, I have an opening. Do you want to come and work with me? They're like, yeah. I mean, 95% of the staff that we have today at, uh, at Zitsum, it's the staff that we had at No Name Chinese. From the dishwasher to the general manager to the guy in the bar to the hostess to the servers. I mean, we added three more people to the staff from like people that we haven't worked with before. Uh, but the rest of the staff is just people that worked with me before, you know. So in a way, it was like plugging the machine back again, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I didn't want that machine to be the same machine that we had before. Right. And one of the biggest challenges that I have still to this day is I don't want to sing the same old songs. I don't want to be the no-name Chinese. And we have a lot of people that come to the restaurant and they're like, oh, but you had this, the, the buns, or you had the compound chicken. Why don't you put this on the menu? Why don't you put that on the menu? I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I think that's great. You know, and, and I tell them, well, we're here now and we're different. So, in Niall. a way... Niall! Niall! Can you make me a Negroni? Pre-batch a few. Can, I, can you get him? You want a Negroni? Yeah, for, fuck yeah. Two Negronis. Love you, Niall. You're the best. You look good in that apron. That we just bought, and then and then I remember now that now that now that we're digging a little bit into it. When I was doing my pre-shift uh, before the day one, you know, I told everyone this is the day that No Name Chinese goes to sleep forever. You know, like amen. And uh, we we we're, we're basically just turning a new page, and we're just doing zitsam, and we want to be the restaurant that we want to be, and that's gonna that's gonna start happening. You know, we need to stop living in the past. And that's what we're doing. Just from a consumer standpoint, yeah. And you know, like I, I was there day one. Um, oh, so many things have changed since that day. Well, the one thing I I like to say is that I loved the food that I ate, thank and you, the space that I was in, and all that stuff. And it was vastly different than No Name. Yeah, and it was. It but was in, in what in what way? Like I, I know, I, but no, I know, I know. You know, just the aesthetically, the space, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. I, which I liked a lot, mm. and I, I loved, you know, and I, you know, I obviously, I take in a lot when I go to a restaurant, and I understand so many things of yeah. like what I see, and That's super important. The music, I, I, the lights. I the loved, I loved all of that. I loved everything. The food itself was very different, mm -hmm. and I enjoyed it 
you know, and I enjoyed No Name, but I enjoyed the food more. Yeah. Um, I just, I felt like it was very different, and I, I enjoyed that. And for me, this was more the Pablo I know restaurant mm-hmm. than what I had previously. Yeah, because the thing is that No Name at the end of the day was a version of myself that somebody wanted me to be. Exactly. You know? And the thing is that I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I was like, yeah, this is, this is exactly what I want, right? And this is like this living, breathing thing that, you know, I thought that, that, uh, that, uh, that it was me, but at the end of the day, it was not me. So when I was left without that, without that, then I had nothing because I never knew exactly the things that I wanted to do. Uh, and uh, it took a lot of time and, and still to this day, like I'm still not comfortable not, I don't want to say comfortable, but I'm still not uh, 1,000, 100% where I want to be. Uh, and I don't think you will ever be, but... You will never be. Uh, one of the things that I'm learning now how to do is uh, not making everything about myself. You know, yeah. one of the main reasons why I'm here today, I, for the first time I tell the guys, like, you know what you're doing, I trust you, whatever whatever, whatever you're going to do, whatever decision you're going to be taking. I know that you're going to be taking the decisions based on everything that I have told you. Uh, and having a group of people like uh, you know around me and in the restaurant where they we have singularity of vision and everyone goes towards the same goal. Uh, sometimes that 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 allows the what's up that allows the, the restaurant also to grow. You know, and that has been one of the things that from the beginning I've been trying to tell you know Jessica, our manager, and Guido, the chef, is that. Uh, I want to make sure that even though that I want everything the way that I want to, I don't want the restaurant to revolve around myself, which is really funny because the name of the restaurant is my nickname. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, good food and a, a good operation is all about collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you said something that I think strikes so importantly <clears throat> now, which is 95% of your staff was from previous. Yeah. Yeah. And that just proves who you are. Andrew, coming in with the clutch. Tell me that you have a lighter. Oh, not prepared ah! for service, Chef. No, nah, it's this guy. Can I, not prepared can I bother for you for a lighter? No bother at all. Thank you, Slan. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah? All right. Um, it just proves who you are as a person. Cheers, Rob. And it proves... Oh, that's good. It that proves you are delicious. who you are as a boss and as a human. Mm. As we go through this huge, now it's like a national media story, and it should have, it should have always been a story, uh-huh. which is like this labor shortage or whatever people want to talk about. Fuck. It, it's hard, but it's yeah. always been hard. And I think the fact that people came back to work for you no matter where they were before, it shows who, how you are as as a human and as a boss. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that you know, I've I think compassion is the number one thing. Yeah. You know? And uh, I, how learning how to coach people and how to evolve them and how to make them into nurturing the the the, the best version that they can be. Because uh, at the end of the day, they're working for you. So, you know, you want them to be the, their best version. So you, at the end of the day, the end product reflects you, reflects them. 
But I think that given them uh, a space where they're comfortable, where they're where they're proud of working at, where they feel that they, they, they can be heard, um, when they feel that sometimes their 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 opinions or their concerns are listened and yeah. and uh, and uh, and taken into consideration, I think it's important, right? But le letting them grow and letting people grow at the end of the day, it's my own growth. Yeah, you know. And when I started, when I started writing down the menus, I did. I mean, pretty sure that you do the same. I did like 30 versions of the menu before I even opened the doors of the restaurant. And day two, I changed 95% of all the things. Um, one of the things that I learned it was uh, letting them collaborate between them and yeah. letting them figuring out a lot of shit. So when they're putting a plate in the window or, or when they, they're serving something, there is this connection that it's not like I'm serving somebody else's food, but I'm serving my input and I'm serving my ideas. And the reason why this garnish looks so beautiful is not because the chef came up with it. It's because I actually like said something and made something, you know? It makes them vested in the thing. And, and something I'm very specific about, area-specific, is, you know, when I tell people that they're joining the team, I tell them... You know, Ariad is a home of collaboration. You know, yep. it's not just my, it's not just my food. It is our food collectively. Yeah. And that's the only way to be successful because people need to feel invested when they're putting so much effort into a thing. Absolutely. That it's, you know, you, times are different. You know, times are different. Humans are different, and it and food is very different. So, getting them to believe isn't just in believing in you it's believing in themselves that they can do more yeah you know and it's like giving them that opportunity to do more you know i i truly believe that management in general is a world that we are working with people you know a lot of times you got to get people to do a thing that they're not super happy about doing but yeah, at the sure. end of the day that's the hard part about being a boss yeah but in the in-between in the growth in the food, in the evolution, it's all about getting everyone collectively on the same page. And it's like, you know, a guy that's worked for me for a long time, Leonard, uh, he, he was part of the brunch cartel is what I call them, the mm -hmm. brunch team here. And it's like, we had a conversation just about our pancake and our pancake is a pain in the ass to make and the whole thing. And he was like, this was probably like a month and a half ago and he was like, chef, you know, if we do it this way, it'll, it'll probably be easier and it'll come out the same way. It's going to be as good. Pancakes are fucking delicious. And you know what? He was right. He made a better pancake than I did that day. And I was like, you're right, man. Let's run but, with it. You know, like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people will take that and, you know, a lot of chefs would say no to those ideas and pe people that I worked for, like, no, that's not the way that I told you because it, there's a lot of insecurities, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think that, I mean, you just nailed it in the head. I think that just having them collaborate and having them just coming up with really cool shit, uh, that it's going to make your product better and their product better and your life easier and their life easier. I think it's paramount for me. But to me, making them believe the idea and, and uh, just like not drinking the Kool-Aid, but just understanding where your head is at and what you want and them executing that, it's, it's amazing, you know? I don't think it's about drinking the Kool-Aid, it's about we're all making the Kool-Aid together. Hell yeah. Hell like yeah. We're, we're all making this Kool-Aid. You know, one of the things that, for me, one of the most stressful parts of opening the restaurant was there was a moment maybe like three weeks before we opened the restaurant that I didn't think that I was going to be able to open the restaurant because I was running out of money. Mm. You know? And that's, and that's when 
uh, I got to hire my general manager and the guy that's running the kitchen and kind of like putting the team together. So inside of me, I had this anxiousness and I had this thing that I was like, fuck, I don't know if I'm going to be able to employ these guys. But I have to find that force within me to make them believe something that I don't know if it's going to be tangible three weeks from now. And that to me was the hardest thing to, 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 to make happen, you know, mm -hmm. like not being able to like waking up at three, four, five a.m. in the morning, five times, just thinking about that and thinking about them. Like my general manager, she's pregnant, you know, <laughs> it's like she's with me now. There's more responsibilities. There's more things that I have to take care of. I don't know if I'm going to be able to open. Yeah. I, you know, it's just like and, and, and you find ways, mm -hmm. you know, and you kind of like. You put that fear. I was watching this movie. I don't remember which movie it was, but the guy was telling the guy in the movie, like, you, when you feel fear, you're allowed to feel fear for five seconds. Close your eyes, feel the fear for five seconds, and then after that, you're not allowed to be fearful anymore. You have to suck it up and just fucking do it. Um, and that's what I did. <laughs> that's, you what you that's what you have to do in this game. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I was talking to a friend of mine today that he's known me for, I don't know, six years or so. So like right around when we opened air yet. And one of the biggest weights you carry as the boss yeah. is not just like the tangible things of like a menu or equipment repairs or paying the bills or whatever is the people that work for you yeah. and how much you care about not only their success but their well-being correct because now these people are with you and they're with you for good or for bad and you care about them all every decision that you take is going to affect them every single one and it's 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 a daunting place to be yep. and it's the place we choose to be so like w when i tell people this these statements and stories like i'm not asking for sympathy what i'm asking is what i'm telling them is there's a lot more to running a restaurant than just saying we're putting food on a menu or yep. we're providing service or we're doing cocktails. Yep. It's we're coaching people to get better. We're helping them provide a livelihood for themselves. Mm -hmm. And in that process, we're trying to grow a company or a restaurant to be something else every day. And at the same time, also having a family. <laughs> you know, and uh, trying to make sure that every single decision that you take, you have to like factor in and consider every single person that right. it's involved with you directly and indirectly, you know, especially, you know, like every move that I make now, I have to think about Natalia and Emma and Nicholas and, you know, the other 16 people that are that are depending on my decisions. Um, so it's been great. And I think that, you know, to me, trying to find that balance between being the chef that I want to be and being the leader that I want to be, but also understanding that I, now I am a business owner. And that's something that, like, that, that, that strikes me sometimes. I'm like, fuck, I'm a business owner. Yeah. You know, and there, there's times that it comes and it puts a smile on my face and I'm like, fuck, I made it. To me, like, I'm an immigrant. Um, you know, I came here illegally and I was able to figure my shit out with thanks to my dad. Um, and and I'm leaving the American dream. But at the same time, it's like it's daunting and it's terrifying. And 
And, um, you know, that puts me in places where it forces myself or it forces me to just become better. Yeah, I mean, you know, part of the beauty of being either an immigrant or, you know, child of immigrants, mm -hmm. that's what I am, is that here we're afforded the opportunity to do to do more. You know, you're afforded, sure. you're afforded the opportunity to create your own business, create yeah. your own dream, and how you choose to do that and how you choose to live that is totally up to you. Yeah. And, you know, for everyone it's different, right? Like, I mean, you're, quote unquote, living the American dream, and you, you made that happen. You made that happen. Yeah. You know, you worked for that to happen, and it's... I mean, it's incredible to see, and for me, like, as your friend, I'm super proud to call you my friend. But to see that the evolution, and, and again, for me, because we intimately know each other for the last two years, to see this whole thing kind of pan out, I was very proud as your friend to be there day one. Thanks, man. You know, you, you were the first, the first person to eat at Nonim Chinese the day that we were closing and you were the first person to dine as that song the first day that we opened so it was just like it was I told you i would be yeah i know it, it was nerve-wracking though like because the thing is that you know uh there's a part of me that also wants to to uh to make sure that you're understanding where i'm coming from with a lot of things mm. Uh, because I respect your input a lot. <coughs> uh, and to me, like, this process of opening Zitsum and all the times that <clears throat> that we spent together and all the conversations that we had and all that shit, it, it helped me a lot to get through, you know, those uncertain times. Um, but, you know, even, even though that it's been three weeks since we opened the restaurant, in a way, um, I'm seeing a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to a lot of those things that we spoke about. Of course. Um, and that only happens because we have a team in the restaurant that gets shit done uh, and they're understanding everything. But more importantly, I have somebody at home that understands that I have to do what I have to do. And she's taking care of the kids and she's making sure that, you know, uh, I have enough time for me to do the things that I have to do. Right. Um, which is fucking crazy because... You know, it's it's insane to see, like, I mean, I was talking to to Nick before we we started the podcast. It's like, before before we closed the restaurant, I never saw my kids because I, I'm a workaholic and I work seven days a week and I <laughs> I have all my priorities like completely twisted sometimes. I totally get you. You know, and uh, to me, it's more important. And I mean, it's it's really bad to say this, but sometimes for me, it's more important to make sure that my inventories are right. And my uh, my uh, my walking cooler is clean, and my, my my daily containers are labeled, and everything cons consolidated, but but my taxes are not done, or the grocery for my house is not done, or I haven't done my laundry, shit like that, you know. Uh, but you know, when we closed when we closed when we closed the restaurant, um, I had this time in between like closing the restaurant and working somewhere else with some so somebody else. That was actually the first time in my life that, uh, in my adult life, being a married person with kids, that I was at home. So I had to learn how to be a parent, you know? 
because I had I had the time when I when I had a day off. It was just like we were going out and we were having dinner here and we were doing a lot of things. But I was not involved due to my work work workaholism. I was never involved in the things I had to do with my kids and my wife. You know, and then not because I didn't want it to, but it was just because I, the nature of the business was just eating me alive. And then I was basically just like smacked in the face with this reality that it's like yo now you're not, now you're not working now now you, you you're home so there's a lot of shit that you have to take care of and this is the kind of shit that i have to deal with every day when you're not when you're not here so in a way i had to learn really fast and i had this reality check that it was uh, this is actually what it feels like to be a parent that it's not working in the restaurant industry, and this is this is this is actually the reality of just a regular husband that has a nine-to-five job, and these are all the things that you have to do, you know. And uh, though it was really cool because I get I got a lot of time to spend with my kids, it was really 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 hard mm. because I was not used to the crying, I was not used to the yelling, I was not used to the tantrums, I was not used to like waking up 3 a.m. in the morning because the, the, the baby was crying. I was just like, you know, if I had a long day, if I worked 18 hours a day, my wife was kind enough to say, don't worry about it. The baby's crying. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to take care of the baby. Right. You know, um, and then we went from that to working on another project that because of COVID, it, it didn't happen and, and some other things. And then we went from, from doing that to creating Zitsum because that got laid off. And then we went from just not doing anything to rolling 600 dumplings a day yeah. inside of our apartment, right? With two kids and trying to figure out the homeschooling thing and the e-learning thing. And Nico has ADD and, you know, like all this shit. Um, so trying to be a parent, doing all that shit from home and also trying to run a business or try to do something with my life so I could pay the bills. It was it was definitely like something that made everything happen now for for what we're doing. What talking about the last like eighteen months, I guess, of our life. Yeah, I guess it's eighteen months. I'm not totally sure, but I feel like the the things that people have gone through in the last eighteen months, fourteen months, however long it's been, has shaped a lot of what society is going to be like for the next twenty years. What because time? life changed so much because you yeah. experienced so many different things because people are fearful of so many different things. And I think that's why from, uh, you know, a labor standpoint, life has changed so much because the last 14 months have been unforgiving for everybody. Yeah. So I think that their relationship with a job has changed, you know, and, and how people view that job has changed. You know, does that have changed for you, though? For me? Yeah. I mean, no. Because for... I mean, I th I think yes and no. I think uh, yes in the aspect of I became, me personally, more fee fearful of losing the things I worked for. You know, in that process, like, you know, we worked to get this one restaurant yeah. to a place. And then it was finally doing a thing. And then all of a sudden, it was stripped for me yet again. Yeah, to me, for example, what I'm seeing is the, 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 the completely different side of that. Mm -hmm. Like, that taught me how to be fearless. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, but it, which you know, it's two really good things, right? Because it, it it taught me how to like find solutions and just like make shit happen. Which equally it did for me, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the those finding the pivots and the solutions yeah, and yeah, shit yeah. were to keep the thing afloat. Was yeah, to Chuck, keep Chuck, to, Chuck's kept kept my uh, my uh, groceries. So many, <laughs> and, and you know, like. You know, we chug, we we turned Chugs into a fucking grocery store and a meal planning place, and then we turned it into an ice cream shop. That now we're going to open an ice cream shop because yeah. of that. It made me fearful because you know you work for a decade for a thing and you have a thing, and then it's like, well, now the thing is in danger again, and now that the thing is in danger again, where do you go from here? And it made me work harder. You know, I worked. I've worked relentlessly for a year, I think probably harder than I ever have because of that fear. Because fear is a good motivator. You know, like people who say that, you know, you shouldn't fear anything. You got to fear things. But it's how you react to that fear that that separates you from other people. If you cower and you say, I've I've lost and I've been beaten, that's one thing. But if you look at... It's not the problem. The problem is your attitude towards the problem. Jack Sparrow. (laughs) <laughs> we just quoted Pirates of the Caribbean for the first time ever, and that is a Pankum podcast first, and I am super proud of that. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> What's up? Nick, so that's turn, the turn, famous... Turn oh, your shit. ball tickler on, please. That's the famous the, ball tickler. Yes, yeah, the famous ball <laughs> tickler. To, the, the point that you were making, though, about, uh, Mike, about how it changes the way that people see their jobs and all that, I wonder, and, and Pablo, maybe you have things to say about this, too, that's what you're describing is like your reaction to those circumstances. Have you given much thought to like, how is this going to change the way that I view things a year from now? Like, are, do you see yourself making decisions differently if the pandemic never happens? Maybe. Like, like maybe I, you go I, I with think, this concept. I think, and not I think that it one. just, I think it doubles down on the, on the ideology I always had, mm-hmm. which was, I want, I, what's happening here? Special guest over here? Oh, I guess they're having an event back here, and they're they're talking about it. That's cool. Um, I'll I'll take all your money. If, it's a, it's, a, it's a events <laughs> at ariadhospitality nice dot com. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, pre pandemic, I believed in a different style of hiring and coaching and nurturing talent mm-hmm. and so on and so mm-hmm. forth, and it just made me double down on that even more. For me personally, and I think larger companies probably operate very differently because mm-hmm. it's more of a, a structured, archaic ideology. And yeah. also, since we're not that, we're not big, I have that opportunity to create a relationship with employees, like sit down with them, understand their needs and their wants and things, and help them try to get there. As opposed to larger companies that you know you're just a number. How much? How much does that change your modus operandi, the way that you do things when you do when you have when you have those one on ones with 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 your employees? Because we all, I mean, like we small operators, we we at least I do once a week. I try to, you know, have a one on one with every employee. Uh, but now that the pandemic happened and 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 and, and people's needs and you know life outlook has changed. How much does the one-on-ones change the way that you do things? I, I don't think that it changes much. I, I really do feel like it, it's something that I've always tried to make a point, you know? And I think with our growth, I may 
not do a one-on-one sit down all the time, mm-hmm. but a check-in with people like, hey, yeah. how are you? How are you feeling? Where do you want to be? Where do you want to grow to? Do you want to grow? Are you happy where you're at? Are you yeah. like, how can I help you get to a place that you want to get to? Mm-hmm. That's always something that I've, I've, I think I've prided myself on doing. I've said my door is always open to everyone, yeah. and I actually mean that. Um, as opposed to other people that could say that and it's actually not a thing. Yeah. You know, I want people to grow because I, not only do I spend time with people like training them and getting them to a place. Yeah. I, a lot of the people that we employ, I believe in their growth. I believe that they can be a bigger part of something different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not just putting you to, to fit in. I want you to. Yeah. Put you in a position to succeed and to be happy. Yeah, and that, that and, and that and that really like with their succeeding and their happiness makes the overall thing better. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, mo- the, the 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 most important thing. That's the number one thing. Sure. So after your first week, we spoke after your first week through text on yeah, Sunday, I believe. I can't remember the last right. two weeks of my life. <laughs> How did? <laughs> I, I and I I can I feel that and I understand that very much. Yeah. How did you feel after the first week? Uh You know, I, I I've been I've been asking myself that question cuz I I want to go back like I think listen two, two weeks and Let me let me tell you and I, I'm going to tell you and I don't do this at all and I don't uh-huh. do it enough. I mean, it's early. Three weeks is early, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a month is early. Three months is early. Six months is early. But sometimes to sit and reflect, and I don't do it ever, so I'm I'm the pot calling the kettle black, to be yeah. honest. Sit back and reflect on what you've achieved thus far is important. Yeah, I mean, we we are we are we have twenty six seats inside of the restaurant. And we have about 18 outside right now with the limitations. Because the thing is that I painted the chairs and I built, rebuilt the, the... I saw the, and They actually look great. Well, You're I, a hell I, of a carpenter. <laughs> I don't know if you knew I, that. I, I, yes. I, so I, I re, redid the chairs and my wife was just doing the cushions. And uh, things just got so crazy that I haven't been able to get to all the chairs and all the tables that we have. But it worked out for me because the staff that we have is so small right now that the more tables that I have, the more staff I'm going to need. We're going to be spread out too thin, right? So, yes. Right? So basically we are uh, – I don't know if I'm doing my math right. But let's say that we're a 43, 44-seat restaurant right okay. now. Uh, every day we're doing minimum – minimum of 80 covers it's incredible we just broke our 120 cover uh ceiling roof whatever it is uh over the weekend amazing um congratulations so we i haven't had a lot of time to actually kind of sit down and not smell the roses but reassess but don't we, smell I do, roses yeah roses no fuck are that. not good roses right They're but not good but They're i just do flowers. i just do that stuff like in small increments every day i sit down with the guys with Guido in the kitchen and Jessica in the front, we just basically kind of like reassess and, and, and fix things every day. We spend at least an hour, an hour and a half every day after service just talking about the things that we like, the things that we don't like, the things that they don't like, the things that I don't like. Um, but after three weeks, um, we already got regulars. <laughs> uh, Those we are already the most got like, people, people that have come six, seven times already. 
Love that. Um, we're building a, a wine list that it's really comfortable because, I mean, you know, at the beginning I wanted to do natural wine and all this shit that things that I like, not too funky, not too crazy, but just things that kind of like fitted the, the concept a little bit. But then the thing is that also the neighborhood determines the kind of stuff that you have and I need to be open about that, right? What a smart restaurant tour. Uh, so, so, you know, rare. I started I started seeing trends and I started, you know, seeing my, you know, product, my PIMIX, myself and, you know, the reports and all that stuff and I, I realized that though the natural wine thing is moving, I'm in Gables and, you know, we needed something a little bit more um, old world approachable, not in the cost side of things, but more approachable in the menu you know, in, in the size of the menu for people that were going to the restaurant. So we we decided to change our, our wine list uh, without staying too far away from the principles that we had, uh, but being a little bit more smart in the way that we were picking things. And it had it has you helped. Oh, come, come on, man. You're fine. And uh, we Fuck we that. have since 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 we made since we made that decision, we had we had pretty much doubled our, our wine sales. Um, I can only say that I'm not a natty wine guy, so I'm you know, happy to hear it. There, there's a lot of no, but there's a lot of natty wine things that are really tasty. Like I ha- I'm working with this guy; he's from Chile, and my wife is from Chile. So, and we have an Asian restaurant, but we have a really strong Chilean uh, wine list situation going, and, and that's part of the story. And the guy, I really like this guy, and he's got really good wines. And Who's he's got he's his name is Alejandro from Vinos del Rey. So oh yeah, I know Alejandro. He's awesome, dude. He's, yeah, he's, he's great. He's, he's, a, he's a great guy. So we taste, and every every single taste, oh, yeah. every single thing that I taste Thank with him, uh, <laughs> all right, uh, it's just delicious. It's tasty. Um, so the restaurant's personality is kind of evolving, and the food is changing a bit too. We change the menu, some or, or some of the menu items a little bit too often sometimes. <laughs> uh, oh, more That's... than what my cooks and my and my and my front of the house people want, but we're too. keeping. We already have this, the, the the things that people like and 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 the things that we shouldn't be touching right now because those are the kind of things that grab people and grab people's attention and they're like, hey, here's your wonton and brodo, or here's your cabbage, or here's your cucumber salad. But let me show you the new thing that we're doing now, and let me show you the the, the new dish that we have going on, and uh, people actually like like that you know so after three weeks there has been a lot of like little changes first payroll was a nightmare <laughs> uh, oh, man. such a nightmare didn't didn't sleep for like two days uh, but we knocked it out out of the park it was fucking awesome um, and now it's the time for me that after three three weeks things are stalling to starting to like fall into place um, and now it's the time for me to start like really digging inside of me and inside of the restaurant to try to push us to do better, do more numbers, open for lunch, eventually brunch. Um, the breakfast situation that we have going on because of the nature of the business that we have. We're inside of a, uh, a building where there's a lot of offices upstairs. Mm-hmm. So part of the things that I worked out with my landlord is I need to do breakfast. Um, so that's the elephant on the room. That's like the thing that has been the biggest struggle for me. Yeah. I mean, cause um, they, you know, you know, it's interesting. The, the landlord aspect of it, because they wanted the thing open, not necessarily the way that you wanted it open. Yeah. And I, that's very normal. Yeah. That's like not an outlier. That's so, 
They want an amenity for their building. You want your restaurant. Correct. But the thing is that now they're seeing... Yeah, they were not expecting us to. I know, I know. To be doing what we're doing, oh, fuck um, you know. So <laughs> no, I know there is there is there is a conversation that we're gonna have soon when it comes to like okay, so this is what I think that the next ten years are gonna look like. Oh man, you, you know, I want to be I want to be a fly on the wall for that, right? And uh, and kind of like. Uh, because I, I'm in, and I, I'll be lying to my, I'll be lying to you guys, and I'll be lying to myself if I would say that. Fuck! I never thought in my life that on a Thursday I will be doing 110 covers, or I'd be just like selling out food left and right in a small restaurant inside of a building where there's no sign, there's no parking, there's no everything's under construction, and we're filling up the place. Um, you know, so the, yeah, I mean, there's a conversation that needs to be had, but to me, like. Working from 8 a.m. in the morning until 1 a.m. in the morning every day um, and being the prep guy because I am the prep guy. I have no prep team. Um, I chose to sacrifice the sous chef so I could pay my accountant. You will. Uh, I mean, that's actually a smart sacrifice. You know, like from the get-go, I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, the numbers were straight and everything was good. So I don't have to be worrying about that. I have a guy that I can delegate all those things to so I can be focusing on the things that are important. That is Just making watch, sure that, watch him anyways. You know, of course. I mean, he's, he's a guy. We, we've been working together for, for a minute now, and he's a guy that, oddly enough, you know, the relationship that we have, he really worries about that's good. making sure that I am good and I'm taken care of. I will tell you. Um, you know? I did say, when you open, you will be successful because you have a following. People love your food. And I said that. It's hard to believe it. I don't believe it either for myself. Yeah, I mean, but successful but in it, what sense, though? <laughs> yeah, but su- success is different for everyone. People come, people eat, people enjoy. Mm-hmm. That's a success. Correct. When you start breaking down P&Ls, it's a different type of success. Yeah, it's coming soon. And and that's that's a whole different ball game that happens... After you open. Yeah. And you're aware. I mean, yeah, this yeah, isn't yeah. your first rodeo. You no, know no. how it goes. You open. You do the thing. The most important thing is that the, pe- the people are coming back. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the most important thing. And then after that, it is your job, the team's job, to figure out how to make sure those dollars and cents go to where it matters. Yeah. And, and, and I think that we have, we, we, we have built a really good uh, core team and a lot of consciousness and a lot of systems that we have in place that you know um, will enable us to make better decisions uh, but seeing seeing a dining room full of happy people they're it's they're incredible. they're uh, they're sitting down in the chairs that we build uh, they're looking at the wall that I put together they are looking at the mural that my tattoo artist made uh, they're sitting down in the bar that you know me my and my former former business partner would built together right. uh, they're drinking the wine list that I sat down and I created for almost seven months they're eating the food that between me and Guido and the guys in the kitchen were coming up with uh, they're listening to the playlist that I've been creating for the past year and a half. Like I'm driving and I'm just like adding tunes to my playlist and the shit that, that you I listen to, <laughs> you know, it's like, and sometimes the guys like sometimes the servers and you know, some guests like that's a little too out there. Uh, but that's mean, you know, and I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to, you know, it sounds cliche. I wanted to do an extension of my living room. But the restaurant became an extension of my body, like the art and the punk rock and the skateboarding. And, you know, it's really it's really it's really funny because I see this like old timers, old like 
Coral Gables old timers going right. to the restaurant and they walk in and they see this restaurant that it just doesn't look like it's a Coral Gables restaurant. And the music is a little loud and the food is a little bit spicy and everyone's just like has a, this like, you know, great attitude and they, they love it. They come back. I mean, you know, you know the I love it, all of that because I, I can feel all of that. I understand all yeah. of that, like the connection to the music. And it's like I I'm very fortunate that in 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 my world, uh, I don't deal with the back end anymore. So, like, my whole goal is to sit in my well, – to watch – I don't sit, but to watch the dining room and to see people eating, drinking, having a good time, and I know I've done my job. Yeah. You know, and, like, see my team feel like – and feel and flow, like, you know, just this past Friday. Oh, fuck. Careful. 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 What's up? Oh, Petey's fine. Petey's fine. You've alerted him. He's good. Watchdog, you can sit now. <laughs> so, it, it like this, I think it was Friday. Friday we sold 12 ducks, which was a record for us. And just like service was impeccable. And I was expediting. I hate expediting, but I was expediting. And I was watching the kitchen move. I was watching the restaurant move. And I felt so happy. Yeah. Because it was so like, they, everything was in sync. And there's like a, a restaurant tour that like actually cares about the restaurant because there's restaurant tours that don't care about the restaurant they just care about P and L's. Yeah. Um, I was through the moon happy. Have you ever cried? So many feeling, times. Feeling feeling that like have you ever gotten like it has happened to me like three times already at the restaurant, and I have I've I've, I've become this sentimental guy that I was not before or. You know, I was like behind. Come on, doors, you've always been is, sentimental. Right? I've known you for a long but, time. But it was just this like, is not dude, a thing, dude. You know, like seeing people. I was just like going to Expo, and there were there, there were tears coming out of my eyes. Yeah, like, but those tears were because I know like all the shit that, not even me, because I can take that. But all the shit that my ha- that my family had to go through mm-hmm. for the past year and a half in order for us to get that to get to that point. Um, just brings tears to my eyes. I mean, as as we sit as we sit here and we talk about it now, I I do get emotional. Just like, and it was just like Friday night service, and for a lot of people, it's just like, yeah, Friday was great or whatever. And I'm like, well, you guys don't know where we come from. Yeah, you know, there's not there's only one person here that's been here since day one, which is Gio Fester, the Pasolito Papi. I don't know if you guys the know him. Of all time. He's the Pasolito Papi. How does that guy get to be so chill? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's an art form that I have not conquered yet. He's like, just you just come in and the guy's just like, yeah, he's always up, like man. right here, and he's very happy, and he's like very honest, which I love. But no one else has seen what we've seen. You know, yeah. like no one else has seen the evolution that we've seen. And I only know it's because of so many sacrifices that so many people made. So when I watched Friday happen, so when you expo, you work, but you watch, you know, and you watch the thing and you're a part of the thing, but you're watching the whole dining room and the kitchen work. And why, the why don't you like doing expo? Because uh, I love to work the grill. Okay. I, it's just like, it's more of a part of who I am, but... Mm-hmm. Like, 
I love to just sh- like shut up and just talk shit for five hours. I love to, I love doing that. Just I know, being, and just being work. a line cook again. I know, and just like shut the fuck up, and you're just <laughs> talking shit to the people around you that they can't keep up with you, yeah. other than like calling out orders and like wiping plates and whatever. And I know that's for some people, but for me, it's like. And to watch that team and several, like, you know, there's a couple people on that team that I've groomed for between one to four years mm-hmm. in their evolution that makes me so happy. Yeah. And then equally, the front of the house, something that I didn't understand very well six years ago that I understand extremely well now, to see them operate too. Yeah. It's just like, man, we are, we're pumping. We're doing so well. And it's like, it is emotional. Yeah, and I totally sure. get it. Like, yeah, you know, do I, do I get over-the-top emotional, yeah, I don't share that with anybody. But, yes, it, it's one of those things that I sit there and I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, It's like when we do brunch now for Saturdays and we do like 150 covers on a Saturday. When we started doing brunch here on Saturdays, I was doing 15 covers. I was working it by myself, expediting yeah. and working the line, yeah. which is fine because you're doing 15 to 25 people. Yeah. But now when you're doing yeah. 150, it's a totally different ball game. And they're just like, oh, we weren't that busy. I'm like, we did 140 covers today. What do you mean we weren't that busy? Like, yes, we're that busy. This is great. Be happy. Shut up. You know, it's just like they don't understand that relation, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely something that being able to be, to be a part of that and being able to live all that shit is just like, you know, and, and not only that, but just seeing the cooks – just getting excited because we have a full dining room. Yeah. You know, when I go in and tell the guys, yo, we have 30 open menus right now. Get ready. Like, what? What the fuck is going on? This little joint. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Open menu counts, I always lie. 64 open. Yeah, what? I'm like, no, it's not 64. It's 25. You know, yo, it's... Like, i never seen, like... I mean, maybe, maybe because I haven't, like, had access to all the things that I have now and learning how to get access to all those things, but... The amount of fucking cancellations in this town is oh, man. insane. Welcome to my world. You know, it, you know, like, just so so people understand what we mean by holy shit. Open menu counts. An ICO is an open menu count. Mm-hmm. So my maitre d will walk to me and give me an ICO that says. What's an ICO? I don't remember exactly what ICO means, but it's an open menu count. Okay. Uh, it's open, incoming, and something else. Okay. And it basically says we've done. 50 covers, we have 20 open. Okay. We have 40 remaining. Oh, okay. Okay. It's basically per the, it's basically reading the books. Okay, whatever. It's yeah. reading the books to the line. And to see the, like, just so people understand, like, we know, a good restaurant knows when you're coming. We're ready for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically what an ICO is. Okay. And it's just like... I don't know that those like that interaction with the maitre d bringing me like a thing, and it's like at the end of the night they know it's like we've already been open for five hours. We have we've done 110. We have five open, zero remaining. It's like the kitchen's like, yes, we've made it to the yeah. end. We're there. You know, it's it's a good feeling to see. And you guys are doing tasting menu now every day. Every day, five course tasting menu, 125 bucks a person. With a wine pairing. Is the dock on the tasting menu? No. So yeah. People have added it though. Okay. Yeah. Clutch. I love that. <laughs> they can add it all they want. That yeah. No. People. People back. have added it. Um, I made it a point that I, I wanted us to have a tasting menu every day. Yeah. It was. It took months. 
to get us there. I always ask myself why we're, you were not doing that, but of course it was because of COVID and because of all the things that. No, were happening, it was but... it was more because like, are we ready to do it? It's not because uh, you know COVID. I th like I I pushed to try to do it early. That's where the the Vegetal series came from. Yeah. Because I wanted to do it every day, and we just weren't capable of doing it every day. And more like, do we have enough hands to execute it the way at the level that yeah. I want to execute it at? And the answer was always no from both sides. And I'm not going to push them to a place. No, no, no. When I feel like when I see that they're ready to do it, but they're, like, they're still holding back because they're fearful that they're going to fail. It's my job. It's my job to push yeah. them over that. Yeah. And that's yeah. finally when we put it on the menu, I was like, we're sitting in an ops meeting on a Thursday and I see all the things and we talk about the tasting and they're telling me their concerns or whatever. I said, all right, cool. The tasting will be on the menu on Tuesday. And everyone stayed quiet. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, you're not telling me things that we can't avoid. Yeah. You're telling me things that we can avoid. What I'll do is I'll keep the menu stable yeah. for X amount of time until we understand the thing. When we understand the thing, then we're going to start to push even harder. Yeah. And we may even have two tastings on the menu. Okay. You know, a, a starter yeah. and, you yeah. know, a more of a journey experience, you know, stuff that's not on the menu. But as a boss, it's your job to dictate that, yeah. to help push them over that edge. Yeah. To me, for example, when, 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 cause we have, we have a really small menu at the restaurant. We, I, I believe that we don't, we don't have more than 13 items on the menu right now. And, uh, you know, the guys are like, hey, yo, when are we adding more things to the menu? I'm like, Not yet. Just let's wait. You know, and then we add one thing and then we take it, take another thing and then we add another thing and we just start doing things. But, you know, the, the, the cook inside of me wants just to like, let's just fucking go and do everything. Yeah, it's tough. I want to show you what I'm capable of. It's but the little cook on your on right, the side but, yeah, and then yeah, you have uh -huh. the restaurantor on the other side. But then and the operator is like, no, 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 you got to wait, man. You got to wait. You got to, you got to, you got to, you got to eat the whale one bite at a time. Yeah. You know, and to me, that's the, the not the hardest thing, but it's the, the, the most challenging thing for me is making sure that I'm eating that whale one, one bite at a time. You know? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a large thing to consume, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, we actually like post COVID. I made the decision to trim the menu down significantly. Do you still and, have the burger though? Yeah, but it's only if you, <laughs> it's only if you know, and it's only if you order it. And there's only twelve a night, but I trimmed it down significantly because the menu <laughs> items, and this is what I would say to your cooks when they ask you that is like the menu items that need to be there need to be fucking amazing yeah so whether you have 15 or 22 you shouldn't have a weak dish period that's right when I ask people like what's our weak point and I have this conversation with like the heads in the room all the time mm -hmm. what's our weakest dish what's our weakest point and when they can't say anything okay then maybe now we're ready to add a dish yeah, maybe now at, at that at, at yeah. that point Well, if you think, oh, well, this dish could use this and this, you know, when we're in the middle of service, this happens or whatever, and you're not ready to add anything to the menu. Mm -hmm. If you're at, you're in that conversation, you're like, well, you know, this one, when we pick this up, this happens or whatever the fuck, you're not ready to add another dish to the menu because of the conversation we just had. Mm -hmm. You just said it yourself. We're not there yet. Now, if you're in that conversation, you're like, well, you know, this and, you know, we're good and all these things are good. All right, now at that point, you could push them even further. Yeah. And that's part of your job as a leader to dictate that. 
Yeah, man. Sometimes when you when you when you also see them getting a little bit comfortable, you gotta push them and you gotta be like, okay, oh, you know, like I hate comfort. Are, are you are you comfortable it. because you're just you know cutting corners, or are you comfortable because you're ready to take on something else? Right. And then when the restaurant's ready to take on something else, that's when you like push it a little bit, a little bit. More. Well, I think the the biggest thing that you said there is the restaurant ready. Is the that's restaurant that's ready. the most important thing because the thing is that sometimes the, your your grill cook can take another dish, right? But maybe your service staff can't, right? Maybe the guest is not even ready for that. Also, does uh, does that dish fits what we're trying to do? What we're trying to the message that we're trying to give to people? Well, it's also not, like is you know? the, is the P and L ready for that? Are you ready to take on a large <laughs> yeah. steak? You know, you know how much that large steak costs you. Yeah, it may not move as much as you want. Yeah, are you ready to take on that cost? <laughs> the reason why we added the taste in the menu is because Ashley pushed it to be on the menu. Isn't that right, Chad? I've, I've heard a lot yeah. of things about you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't believe them all. No, no, not bad. If they're good, don't believe them. <laughs> all right. Now is for the traditional Pancom podcast. I'm going to take a leak break. Oh, man. We don't have a leak sponsor yet. We don't have a leak sponsor yet? God. That thump you just heard, that was my pen ass in the bottom of the table. <laughs> now on twelve ten the man, Blomberg's pen ass hits yeah. the bottom of the table. That's gonna be our twelve ten the man promo on like every episode. <laughs> Welcome to the second half of Pancom Podcast, brought to you by Nick's Ball Tickler. Take it away. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that fucking ball ball tickler. All right. <coughs> where, where were we? Okay. Three, three Negronis in or two Negronis in? This is just a warm-up, Chef. Ooh. You don't even know. Um, oh, shit. Nah, I mean, listen. Week four? This is what, week three or four for you? It's going to... No, it's... I don't even know. I think it's four. Yeah. No, no, three. Because I got to do payroll next week again. <laughs> <laughs> Those payroll weeks are tough. Woo! And you opened in a five payroll, well, three payroll. Well, for us, it was a three payroll rotation. So I opened on the twentieth, four twenty. Oh, there I you go. I opened up. It was intended. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. All right. So three weeks in. Yeah. How do you feel? <laughs> That's such a like a uh, uh, broad statement. I guess the better question is, what are you looking to do next? As in Ooh. within the restaurant. Um, fuck. You know, I've been trying to ask myself question for the, the question for the past three weeks. Uh, you know, just trying to find uh, <laughs> more staff. Um, opening for lunch, opening for brunch, if we have to, is not a pre- it's not a pressing issue. Um, and just keep growing the menu, keep keep growing the team. Um, Are you open for breakfast currently? Because you mentioned that with your lunch uh, situation. I, I, I am, yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, we're open from Tuesday. No, my bad. From Monday till Friday, we're open for breakfast from 9 until 11.30. And then we're closed uh, on the weekends for that. And then for dinner, we're open from Tuesday till Saturday. The restaurant for dinner is closed Sunday, Monday. So everyone gets two days off. I think the expectations previously of landlords with requesting shifts open is something that needs to change. Yeah, man. And I've, I've, I've thought about that a lot lately just because of the mass struggle that it is with uh, labor. And, and, you know, it's, it's really not 
I think you could find people to fit a job, mm-hmm. but to find people that are going to fit within your thing and yeah. your standards is more yeah. of an issue. Yeah, for sure. You know, like I have, like like we were talking about, like I've been lucky that the staff that I have is the staff that they worked with me before. But even though we're spread too thin and I've been doing job postings, I've been doing Instagram posts, I've been doing nothing, yeah. nothing like the dishwasher, because we only have one dishwasher. The dishwasher in the morning is me. Uh, and uh, the guy that we have is we have this beautiful group of Syrian refugees that we started building when we were when we were open at the other restaurants. Uh, this guy's basically what happened with them is that they when all the Syrian refugees started coming to Miami, sorry, coming to the States, uh, they were going to California. And there was a plane full of Syrian refugees that landed in, in, in Los Angeles. And the governor said, you're not coming here anymore. That's nice. So they sent, they sent all of these guys to, to, to Miami. What's up, man? And uh, a friend of mine that she was a client for the other restaurant, she reached out to me and she's like, hey, you know, I have these guys that they're Syrian. They don't speak any English. They whatever, but they're just looking for a job. And I was opening the other spot. So I was like, I need dishwashers. Can they just do the job? So there's three badass gentlemen and one lady they came over and uh super humble super generous beautiful people and they were like we're down for everything we're down to work we're down to do anything this guy's one of them is a lawyer the other guy is a civil engineer and then the other one is an architect i believe right and they were just like washing dishes and picking herbs and making dumplings and just like learning how to speak english so for the first three months of me working with them I had to go and had I had to use uh, Google Translate for them right uh, I remember you told me the story uh, and they became part of the family man and they make the most beautiful family meal on the planet uh, they're super generous they're really hard working so right now I can only employ one of them um, and it's a challenge because for example right now they're on Ramadan so he has to stop working right when the sun is setting so he can go out and he can pray and he can break his fast so we basically we have to jump in for maybe an hour just to make sure that he's covered um but trying to find staff is just like incredible like i need a dishwasher in the morning because i'm doing i'm receiving the orders i'm prepping i am doing you know accounting with the accountant (laughs) i am um you know just putting things together doing meetings with vendors and doing all those things and at the same time prepping and washing dishes mm-hmm. and people just there's no workers there's there's nobody that even shows up so in a way i'm lucky because i have enough people to cover the night shift but in order for me to open for 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 breakfast for breakfast fully and to open for lunch fully i need people and i just don't have it right you know um and the only people that I can go to is the Syrian families, and the, the there's a lot of people from Iraq. There's a lot of people from, you know, different places in the Middle East, but they just can't do the job that I need them to do. So right. it's 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 a funny place to be right now. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's I think there's people looking for work. It's it's more like the people that you need to fit 
what you're looking for mm-hmm. is really mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. harder thing. And, and I, I understand that 100%. Um, it, it's an interesting time. I mean, opening a restaurant right now is... Um, crazy? <laughs> I think it's crazy in any climate, really, opening a restaurant. But it's re- it now more so than ever because, you know, people want to go out and dine. Obviously, they were, you know, stuck at home for a year and they want to go out and they want to do the things. But it's like... It's also, like you said, there's only so many covers that you could do in a night because of what's what you can handle. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm, I'm big on that. Like, I'll never overextend our restaurant for financial purposes in order to... Uh, yeah, you sacrifice service. It hurts me. What's up, Rigo? Oh, yeah, Rigo Barito. How are you, man? Yeah. Rigo was just promoted to sous chef. I heard. Congrats, bro. Little Rigo. Little Rigo's works for all of us. Hmm? Rigo's works for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Pablo, me, Phil. He's worked. He's gone the gauntlet. He's been, he's been around the block. What a gauntlet that is to go through. <laughs> Phil. The good old Rigo. Pablo and me. And he's still here. Man. And Rigo. he's And he's reliable and he's amazing so i'm happy he's here. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see him happy that's for sure that's good that's for sure um yeah i it, it's i do believe that staffing was always an issue in restaurants i think now it's just the volume is more mm-hmm. but staffing has always been an issue you know I, I i truthfully i stand by that staffing has always been an issue we've always been a person short two people short you know now it's more like three or four people short. And that affects the food a lot, right? 100%. And that's why, that's like what I was saying. How can you keep up? Like, because there's actually a question that I really wanted to ask you is that you're rolling out tasty menus and you're doing like, because your restaurant has changed a lot. You know, yeah. of course, when it has evolved in a really positive way in every single like way. But it's like you're doing all this shit that sometimes I look at it and I'm like, how the fuck is he doing this? <laughs> you mean in, in one specific or overall? I mean, overall. Yeah, overall, it is a little daunting. You know, like we, you know, we signed up to do a lot of these things pre-COVID, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the growth now just happened post-COVID. So it's, it's a different conversation now to have. Um, and what we're contractually, I'm, I'm personally guaranteed to a lot of things mm-hmm. that I have to standby you know so it's not like i can take back the things that i signed no, you know like do it. when you're when you enter into a world of business it is a doggy dog world so you got to show up and yeah i mean i think within area specific why we're able to do so many things is because i'm fortunate that kind of like those bones that have been in place for so uh-huh. long are just there yeah um but the growth part, it is daunting and it is a lot. And I'm a, I'm a true believer that life gives you what you need when you need it. And I'm hoping that things work themselves out. I'm fortunate that, you know, Chugs hired a GM, AGM, chef, sous chef already. You know, three months. The chef that you're going to have, I think, is going to be badass. You know her? Yeah. Yeah, I think she's amazing. And it's I... Like- you know, I think it's a perfect fit. I think it was a great fit, too. And I think that um, 
I, I just I see a lot of great things from her specific yeah. and I and equally like the the GM also and the AGM as well. You I, know, I one of the things that I really like about what you're doing is the fact that you're employing and I, I'm pretty sure that you're not doing this intentionally, but it's just like all the badass women that you have for, that you have around you. Like there was a point there was a point in no name that my whole line was was women. I remember. I fucking loved it, dude. Yeah. Like this this these girls were just like running circles around everybody. Yeah. You know, taking no shit, just doing the, the uh, better job. I mean, it's not a genre thing, but it's just like it's something that they have this fire and they have this nature that it just like makes everything better. Like my 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 GM at the restaurant, she's a beast. You know. I wish I could find more girls because it's yeah. just like it's amazing how they work and how they they do shit shit done. I you know, yeah. I was actually asked that uh, by Laura Riley from the Washington Post when she did that follow, you know, she followed me for a full day that article that we'll, we'll discuss in a couple days, and um, she's like, you know, I love the diversity that you have here, and I'm like. <clears throat> People have a lot of, like, sentiments about the way I answer this question. I'm like, you know, I I, I don't see that. And I, I see the diversity, but it's not, yeah. like, what I focus on. Yeah, for sure. I look at the human being and, like, what drives them. Yeah. What drives you as a person? And it's like, I don't care your gender, your ethnicity. I don't care about any of those things. Like, do we align? Are we – do we see eye to eye? And those things to me are what matters the most. If it happens to be – you know, female, that's great. If it happens to be African-American, that's great. If it happens to be yeah, aliens, for sure, for sure, great. For if it happens to be, you know, Hispanics, great. It just happened to be like Ashley, which walked through here yeah, several yeah, times yeah. to inform me about things that I hate, which is like leaking pipes. She's incredible, right? She's, uh, I call her mini-me because she reminds me of me when I was her age. Yeah. You know, equally Manny, you know, being Mexican from descent, and he's incredibly talented super hardworking he is a really hardworking guy he's and super talented yeah incredibly talented Sherry that runs our commissary downstairs she's African American like she's amazing she's super driven she cares commissary kitchens are no joke they are no Holy joke. And shit. and right now, like, you know, the, the commissary kitchen's gonna kick up very soon because of like all the growth that we're doing, but I used to I used to run a commissary kitchen for John George for four restaurants almost. Man. And that Oof. thing was just that like was daunting. Insane. Insane. <laughs> you know. And it's just like that um the diverse nature of that. Yeah. It just happens because people's ideology is aligned. You know, like yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I was raised by women, man. Me too. You know, and, like, I mean, and, the, I, and... earlier today, someone was asking me about like my relationship with my mom. Like, I'm a mama's boy, but like, you know, my sister, she's eight years older than me. She raised me. You know, <clears throat> my aunts. You know, like uh, these people. My grandmother. Th- yeah. These four very strong female figures in my life were the ones that shaped my life. Yeah, largely. You yeah. know. And that's why, to me, I don't see it as a gender thing. I see it as, like, my grandmother is the hardest working person I've ever met. Sure. And and it didn't matter that she was a woman. I just know that she's my grandmother, and she's the hardest working person Yeah, but person you I've also learn met. how to, like, especially in a Latin American or in a, in a Latin culture, 
you know, you, you, you learn how to see things with a different perspective. You know, being brought up Open not in the macho, not in the macho Latin American culture, right? You know, where 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 uh, where uh, sorry, where uh, you know, like we just we were brought up by just women, and it's just fucking awesome. You know, my mom, my mom had two jobs. She was raising my my sister and myself, and you know, she just made shit happen. You know, so I see. You know, when a lot of stuff happened in my, like, in my childhood, my mother and my sister were, like, the backbone of my survival, I guess. Yeah, you know, like, they sure. were the backbone of, like, what shaped me as a human being. Yeah, I think that, for me, like, if I, if I, I saw my mom grinding and she's got the most fucking amazing work ethic, I think that, you know, some of that I, I, I have to thank for Thank her for that because I, I I believe that work ethic is everything, and she taught me that indirectly. But I just saw my mom just you know just trying to find ways for us to survive, you know, and just raising two kids in a third world country, trying to give us the best that she could give us, and and and, and everything is just like it makes you at least for me it just makes me you know. respect like single mom so much man yeah you know like you're a single mom and you just do all these things and you're just making sure that your family is set and your family is taken care of it's just like it's fucking amazing I see my grandmother in her old age and she's still like I'll come over and like her first questions are always like how's the business she's such a business woman ¿Ya comiste, hijo? <laughs> oh, I mean, that's another question, but... Um, La flaco. Yeah. For... ¿Y eso tatuaje? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 mi niño, ¿qué se hace en el cuerpo? <laughs> no, I mean, they've kind of accepted all the tattoos by this point. But it's like... Um, my mom cries every time that I get a tattoo. Oh, man. Actually, my mom... <laughs> I, you know, it's terrible when I look back at... Like, when I was 16 uh, and my parents were getting divorced, I was like... Mom, I want to get a tattoo, and she wants to be like that cool mom. Yeah, for sure. And my I'll mom is you. like, my mom is, she's amazing, but she's like, you know, she's square, and she's like, she was the mom. She was the oldest of three kids. Yeah. So, she's always been a mother, because okay. my grandparents worked so much, you know? So, she just wanted, like, me to be happy, right? And she was like, yeah, I'll go with you, and this whole time, speaking of Ashley, that's Ashley. Say hi. Wave, wave to everyone. Ashley. Yeah. yeah. No, but there's cameras. Oh, yeah. yeah. There it is. There's a camera there. Relax. <laughs> Take it easy. Apparently, there's a shortage of gas, so I'm going to say no oh, to that. Really? There yeah. is. I spent like two hours trying to find gas today. So, what was I? Oh. Mom's. Yeah, when I was 16, I was like, Mom, I want to get a tattoo. It was my first tattoo, and she uh-huh. was like, She's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and just like, I remember going to the tattoo shop with her, and she was mortified. <laughs> mortified. Just like, it's like, whoa, why are we doing this? It looks like it hurts. And, you know, I'm like 16. I'm just trying yeah. to be cool, you know. That tattoo has already been covered up. Um, It's just, I think back in, like, she was, she is such a great human being and such a great person to learn from, like, humility-wise. And, like, I learned so much from her. 
Yeah, because my 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 grand my I grew up with a great grandfather and a great grandmother, and uh, she was from Mexico. He was from Spain, and my uh, grandmother was what a from, pairing, from, eh? from, from 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 like the coast in Colombia. So we just grew up in this little house in like the mountains of uh, close by to Bogota, and it was just like every my aunts they were single moms, and my mom was a single mom, and you know my. My uh, my uh, my my grandmother, even though that she was married to my grandfather, like he was never around, so she was almost like a single mom, and <clears throat> you know that 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 stuck with me. You know, like that is just something that has always been with me to appreciate the hardworking women that just they just get shit done for their kids. It's something that I admire. Mm. You know, like I I. I know that I was a difficult child. My sister was incredibly difficult as a child. I would say that I was easier than my sister. You were easier? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I was easier than my sister. Um, you know, raising the two, like, two very strong individuals that me and my sister are. Yeah. You know, well, I my get, sister is my opposite. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't say that my sister is my opposite. I would just say that she definitely groomed me to be the way that I am. Okay. So that says a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, just being very vocal, being very open, being very like no fucks given. My sister created that monster for sure, not my mom. So my mom just tried to tame the two beasts. Okay. I would say that. And um, she's so sweet and she's so humble and she's so like caring, but she's so stubborn at the same time. Yeah. And I think we, we both carry a lot of those attributes too. Sure. So... I don't know. I, I look at it in a very interesting perspective of like when people talk about the the gender separation when it comes to work. Yeah. Like I, I just never I never saw it. For me, it's like we're all doing a job. We're doing sure. a job. We're doing a thing. You care about the thing. You care about the job. Then we're all going to do this job together. And I don't care what planet you're from, what part of the country you're from, yeah. what part of the world you're from. We're all here to work together. Mm-hmm. And if you believe in that thing, then you're totally good by me. Yeah, man. You know, I, I I have such a hard time associating that thought process with other mm-hmm. people that mm-hmm. have that thought process because no, I've no. never been able to, to compute it, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I have plenty of females that are in strong positions and I think they incredibly deserve it and we're better because of them. Mm-hmm. Brittany, I mean, she runs yep. the entire show along with me. Uh, you know, the GM at Nave, the AGM at Nave, the GM now at Chugs, the AGM at Chugs, all female. And they all come from very different walks of life. You know, ethnicities too. It's just, I, I've never understood that thought process, man. And it's so hard for me to understand it because no, no. it's, it's such a shallow perspective too, you know. And it's the same, the same thing goes with race, like... I, I don't get that thought process, man. Like, I, people are like, "Oh yeah, you know what I mean," and I'm like, "No, no, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what you I, mean. I don't know what you mean. I don't man. see what you see. I don't see what yeah. you see." And it's weird because the world is so dysfunctional in that standpoint. Yeah, at, at, at No Name, we had one of my really close friends, uh, Ray. Um, he's he's a guy from Compton, and he had it really, really, really rough when he was growing up. And, you know, uh, he's a really, you know, amazing sommelier. 
uh, and he happens to be African American, and we were we were located in a neighborhood in South Miami where there's a lot of you know white people, and he was having a really hard time sometimes um, dealing with the guests because there was a lot of people that they were calling so him fucked, they were calling him the help. For God's sakes, he's the fucking GM of the restaurant. He's one of the brightest, youngest sommeliers in the nation right now. The guy is just, like, amazing, you know? And just seeing how people can can actually just, like, start raining. I hope not. Seeing, my seeing are people down. that they just put the color and the rays above everything else is just, like, something that I have never quite understood that. You know, Me neither, man. and there were times that this guy is six five. He's big. He's why don't I remember you know, this like, guy? He was crying. No, you've met him a lot of times. I have? Sometimes he used to remember. go to a kitchen and he was pissed off, and there were tears on his eyes because there was the clients were calling him. All right, Demonte. Where the, the clients were calling him the help. You know, he's the guy running the restaurant. He's the guy pouring your wine. He's the guy just like making shit happen. You know, so and far, just like man. making him feel so little is just like something that I haven't, I've never been able to comprehend. Right. You know, I think it, it it also goes back to that ideology of like the restaurant employees are just the help. You know, and it, yeah, it, 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 that's it even, true. even it even more it, it intensifies I, more when it comes to like the gender and the race thing too. But don't you think that it has changed a little bit though? Absolutely. Like people, well, it's it's changed. Have, well, it's changed because of people like you and I. Okay. You know why? Because for me, I'm I'm not the help, man. No, fuck I'm, that. And and <laughs> I'm not I'm not the help and, and the people here are not the help. Like mm-hmm. we're here providing an experience. Correct. If you want to treat me like the help, you can get your money, you can get and the, you can fuck get the fuck out. out. And so, I and I've told people that. I was like, if so you think had, you could treat my staff as such, you can get your shit and get the fuck out because I don't want your I money. have this guy it's, it's crazy. Actually, I'm sorry to go on this fucking tangent, but <laughs> no, it's no, like, no, I'm gonna go in a rant in a minute. That, so. this, this, <laughs> this happened like um Maybe a month ago. And there was a guy that had come here several times. And I had heard rumors that he was, like, very weird. And A I guest? Yeah, I guess. Okay. And I won't say any names. We lost a palm tree. A palm front. And um, and I, I'm in my office. And I'm at, I was actually working on the Chugs menu. Mm-hmm. And Chef Manny was here. And he was working a line and whatever. And he was like, Chef, we have an issue with guests X... Uh, Yes, X, Y, and Z on table, whatever. I don't feel comfortable serving this person further. Yeah. I said, uh, okay, let, let me, I, I want to know more. Yeah. So I walked over and he told me the whole situation. And uh, it was disgusting. I was, I was like, I was appalled, right, of just treating my staff, and yeah. especially the females on my staff, yeah. in a certain kind of way. Okay. And, I mean, so I went to the table. And I fed this guy a ton of times, but like I don't communicate with guests a ton because I'm not, I'm not a table toucher. Yeah, me neither. I know you're. Not. I try. I try to. I know you do, and I try to too. And it's, it's just, just not part of weird. our nature. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> I go, I go sometimes to the tables, and I'm like, uh, 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 I start mumbling. I don't know all right, what. All right, what, I'm out of here. I'm yeah, gonna go cook. I'm gonna go cook. Go um, so I go to the table and I said, um, Mr. X, Y, and Z. Uh huh. I just want to let you know that I'm going to return your money back. See, he had already paid his bill. I'm going to return your money back, and you're no longer allowed to dine here further. Mm-hmm. And he goes on this tirade. He's like, I don't understand, and blah, blah, And I said, you know, I don't know you. I don't I don't care about really, like, what you're saying. I just know that my staff here I trust and I care about very much, and yeah. they, they no longer want to serve you. 
So I just want you to know that if you ever do make a reservation here again, I will call you personally and I will tell you that you are not allowed to dine yeah. at any of my establishments moving forward. Yeah. And he goes on to tell me, he's like, I'm one of the best X, Y, and Z's in the country. Fuck that. Is food related or something? Nah, it was uh, medical related. Just throwing random shit around. Yeah, I'm like just dropping names. And just, just like, you know, just I to tell me, just to, surgery ju- just to t- just to tell me how much money he has. Yeah, fuck and I that. said, you know, I equally believe that I'm one of the best chefs in the country too, and it doesn't give me the opportunity to be a fucking piece of shit. No, 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 no. ever. No. And I will tell you that your money, it's I don't, not worth I, I don't need it. No, it's not worth it. I don't need it. I don't live and die by it, <clears throat> and at the same time, my staff isn't your help, and you no. are not going to treat them however the fuck your you Your staff's are. health is more important than his dollars. Yeah, but not just that. My staff, to, just understa- like, my, that. My staff yeah. to understand that I have their back, yeah. you know, and, like, it had never been brought to me, like, the gravity of how much of a piece of shit this human being was, and I was just like, and I told him, I was like, I, I do not want your money. Money does not make my world go round. Yeah. And what's much more important to me is the people that are here believe in what we're doing yeah. and doing their job and being happy at their job. Look, so I you, have... sir, you can get the fuck out <laughs> and never fucking come back. Yeah. And I ushered him the fuck out. I had I had this guy, you know, like, I love, I'm being really sarcastic, but I just, I hate when vendors show up when you're busy. With uninvited. Uninvited. No, I tell them to go. So, the yeah. Away. So, I had this guy from a produce company that he wanted to do business with us for a minute now. And all I was produce always, companies are trash. And I was, and I was, yeah. All of them. I agree. 1,000%. They're all the same. The right? same form of trash. So, so this guy comes in three times and I'm busy and I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't want him to be a dick because I've been before. I'm trying to change that. So I was like, "Hey, I'm, be who I'm, you are." I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm busy. Let's just, you know, I'll call you. And then the guy was just relentless, showing up three, four times. So eventually, one day, I tell him, "Hey, come here tomorrow at 11 a.m. We'll sit down and I'll see what's up with you." Right. So the guy comes in that day at 11 a.m. and we sit down, and I and I hear him talking in Spanish, and I don't say anything. Right. So I start talking. My wife was, you know. In, in the building in the morning and my kid, because we have such limited time, he does, uh, you know, e-learning. He, he's doing his uh, school from, 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 from the restaurant. So my kids are running around the restaurant. My wife is just like setting up the tables and she's doing all the things that she does in the morning, cleaning up and everything. The guy sits down and I, he asks me where I'm from. And I'm like, I'm Colombian. He's like, oh, nice. And I noticed his accent, and I'm like, hey, are you Chilean? Are you from Chile? Because I just pick up an accent. And he's, he starts on this tirade about how Chileans are the fucking worst, and they're the biggest piece of shit on the planet, and they're like the worst fucking South Americans. And I'm just standing, and oh, I, man, I, I, so I, 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 I lean back, right? And I, I just let him just do his <laughs> South American third world fucking rant. And then I look at him, and I'm like, well, I mean, it's really sad because the thing is that my wife and my kids are Chilean and I'm not doing fucking business with you because you're a piece of shit. Love that. So I need you to take your bullshit clipboard and your shitty ass fucking love business that. cards I and I need you and I need you to get the fuck out of my restaurant because I am not doing business with you. Oh, man. That's the guy, so good. The guy, the guy, like... No, it's like a little frio. It's like a little frio, man. Yeah, like, oh, I love no, man, that. I'm sorry, I'm like... Fuck you and you're sorry. Yo, you're sorry now because I'm not going to give you my fucking money, you piece of shit. 
dumb fuck. You know, and 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 my wife just like she didn't know what was going on until I started dropping f bombs. <laughs> I love Which Pablo the, dropping f bombs. That's the, fuck the best. Get out of here, man. You know, like who do you think you are coming here in my restaurant, in my house, with my kids, my wife, talking shit about who you don't even know where I am. Yeah, you don't even know where I'm from, and you're just like talking shit about people, like. But it more but, shows. That instance more shows the true fiber of a human being. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, sure. they thought they were in a comfortable place to talk whatever kind of shit Ooh. that they wanted. No, 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 right? No. And I love that you crushed him. I love yeah, we'll that. I'll do it again. <laughs> I know. I wish you would tell. Off, uh, and we will do this after some other time. You tell me what company that is so I'll make sure I never do business yeah, with a company like that. Guys. But it's just like. Be who you are, right? Yeah. And at the same time, like, use common sense. Humans are humans, bro. Listen, yeah, there's there's man. trash humans. Everywhere. In, in, <laughs> in every walk of life. Yeah. There's there's trash Cubans. Listen, I love my people. But there's trash Cubans. There's trash all kinds of things. You know, I've been told, like, never do, never make business with Colombians all the time. And people don't know that I'm Colombian. Well, it's the same. It's like, you, you know, know, I don't I don't necessarily <laughs> look Cuban, right? They're like, those fucking Colombians. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. those fucking <laughs> Colombians. It's just, it's one of those things that when people think that they're in an area of comfort and they start to, like, spill all their, like, vile garbage, that really gets me, always. A little bit, I mean, just... Welcome, Nick, here with and his ball, ball tickler. tickler. And the ball tickler <laughs> enters. There's an element of Enter that, especially the ball with, like, any kind of home repair or construction like the minute somebody shows up who doesn't have a z at the end of their name so americano like when you get a knock on the door from the plumber you've never met and I'm gringo you're like score that's the guy i want doing my plumbing i don't need this latin maraña like fucking under the table bullshit for my plumbing yeah man. there's there's things that if, whether right or wrong you you even for your own people if we're going to call it that you it crosses your mind. Listen, when there's Cubans doing any kind of like construction anywhere around me, I double check their work. That's that's what I'm saying. And I love them because we talk shit like there's no tomorrow. But I'll double check them and I'll make sure that they finish all their things because I know my people. Yeah, with with Colombians, you just gotta check your money, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, no, 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 man. You know. <laughs> We're not in Colombia, man. You know, I'm gonna pay you this. You're gonna do this. No, no, no. Pero yo arreglo. No, 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 no. no. Uh, but it's like, for example, my name is Pablo and I'm Colombian. How many times I've gotten the fucking Pablo Escobar jokes? Oh man, you know, I'm sorry. It's just like, no. I mean, I, the thing is that when I was when I was when I was a little kid, I went through all that shit. I lived through all that: the bombings, the killings. You know, like almost near death life experiences and shit like that. It's just like. So a lot of people don't know. It's just like the same shit with when people talk about Che Guevara. Like there was this bar in Wimwood, oh. right? I think I told you this story, right? Oh. So <laughs> th- there was there was this bar in Wimwood that they were putting Pablo Escobar posters all over the fucking place. I remember. Oh, I remember you mentioned it. Yeah, and and I just I, I I sent them a message and I was like, this is fucking disrespectful. Like you're just putting a. a, 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 a a fucking rain. Well, okay. Just so we know the state of the world, as I was putting my windows up, 
There was a guy walking by in a chef jacket, and he was like, oh, I was thinking, like, those windows should be open. I'm like, hey, man, how's your job? Are you happy with your job? Where are you working at right now? I was like, here's my name. Just, if you ever want to move, just come on over. Bro, that's just, yeah. like, that. that's right there initiative, man. Thought, thoughtfulness. If, if, yeah. the guy, if the guy has a lighter on his pocket and he's worried about the windows, his fucking prep is going to be ready. And I don't know about that, but I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go along with it. So this bar in Wynwood had a fucking poster of Pablo Escobar. Ah, oh, yeah. And they were posting that shit on Instagram. Like, this is just this fucking pop culture thing that everyone likes. And I sent them a message, and I was, this, this is unacceptable. This guy, this guy killed thousands of people. This guy is one of the reasons why my country is the way that it is. Yeah. And you guys are just, like, making this thing, like, you know, a pop culture item kind of thing. It's like, a pop culture item, just that. like Che. It's a pop you know, culture item. Like, it's it, it, it was just, like, crazy, you know? Do you think Che is, like, a pop culture item? Too? It is. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that there's a... I think that there's two different... I would compare Pablo Ecobar more to, like, the fascination with, like, alcohol, right? Yeah. Well, a a gangster. That's what what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I think Al Capone is somebody that also you could trace a lot of fucking... There's a lot of blood that flows from that guy's story. Yeah. And his posters are all over the place. So you find find them different but similar? I find Al Capone more more comfortable to Pablo Ecobar than... So who do you find similar to Che? Oh yeah, uh-huh. now, yeah. Which I mean, I think like Mike Tyson has a mouth tattoo or something, right? Um, you know, not quite the same. Well, it's like uh, Maradona. He we've, had. Uh, we've all heard he Mike Tyson's interviews, tattoo. right? So we know who we're talking about here. What? what? We've all heard Mike Tyson's interviews. No, we know who we're talking about That's here. Fucking awesome. <laughs> Final. <laughs> Final. My back is broken. My back is broken. Final. I eat your children. Oh man, it's so bad. <laughs> So bad. Oh, I love bro. Mike in the ring, though. Mike, I never want to Yo, face was, you in the I ring, but I love one you, bro. Day, uh, in Brooklyn, and I saw fucking Mike Tyson, I, and I, I just got starstruck. I couldn't like take a picture with him. He just like walked by next to me, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know? There are certain people like that. Yeah, I, I'm not a starstruck person. Yeah, you know, but like when I fed Paul Liebrandt, like I, he I was like, me. Yes. I was like that. You know, like I, I really respect his food. I. I don't know if I totally respect him as a human, but at the same time, it's one of those things when you respect someone's work. I don't know if you need to respect him as a human, yeah, so per se. You've heard, you've heard Charles Barkley, like he's a loser, I, I, but I mean he's lost a lot of money in gambling and he's a know, fucking degenerate. But this whole thing about Marco Pierre White and his comments about women in the kitchen of and course, all this shit. I have, and that's why I took down his comments in my kitchen. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, like I, I I read Marco's book, yeah, and but also Marco has, and listen. What, what do you mean by taking down his comments in the kitchen? Well, I have quotes okay. printed in the kitchen, and I've taken his quotes down because I respect yeah. his work. Yeah, for sure. But that that, I mean, and it was just recent. But, it was like a verbal attack that you, made no sense to me. But it's also Marco has. Sorry to cut you off, but like Marco has completely done a 180 from who he was and he sold out to the system to make money of course i mean he's selling fucking maggie products now yeah i mean you know. and nor products too yeah and like to know the cook that marco was to the cook that he is now Yo, like i use maggie in my kitchen though yeah but th- i'm not <laughs> that's not that's not to judge you know what i'm saying it's just like if you're gonna stand against it 
then don't go for so it. So do you think that all these guys, like for example, the Marco Pierre Whites and I mean by by association, the Gordon Ramseys back then, not now. Right. I mean, Gordon's still a douchebag. I know, now. but what I'm saying is that this kitchen culture and this kitchen macho and the the, 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 the mistreatment of people and the, the abuse and all that stuff, like they're at fault. And, and, and idolizing all these guys. I, At the same time, you're idolizing the brutality of, 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 of the kitchen treatment, right? I will say that... Like, a guy I, that treats, it, I, a guy never, that treats kitchen, uh, their kitchen staff bad, the guy that burns their, their, their line cooks, the guy that rips you, their clothes off... Were, were you ever burned that, as a line cook? Yes. I was too. Yes, my I, chef. Someone, someone threw a whole paella pan up. No, face. my chef used to put his tongues on the burner, and he used to burn my arms when I was yeah. not when I, when I was not moving fast enough. Yeah, and to me that was like, yeah, you know, I'm I know, but we're we're sabahes, bro. Like, you, know? you know, like I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah, it's cool, let's go. But it's not cool though. I, you know, and these guys at, are at, fault. At the, at the at, sa- at listen, that. at the same time, like we are all humans with free thought, right? Yeah. And how we decide to run our own kitchens is totally up to us. I am not perfect in any which way or form. Like, I have fucked up several times. I get too animated about things. I am like, and I, but I understand that and I check myself often. And I think that's part of like, yeah. I think part of my, my personal struggle is like toting that line. And we've talked about it before. Is that like should, the that difference should between a, a shepherd and a Viking? Like, yeah, be a shepherd, I, not a Viking. I remember that, yeah. And it's like, I, I struggle with that a lot. And it's not like I'm not burning anybody and I'm not demeaning <laughs> anybody. And I think what's the most important part is understanding that we have an opportunity to lead our ships differently. And we also have an opportunity to change somebody's life. You yeah, know? but that, that's all kitchen culture is about, yeah, is changing like, somebody's to life. Me, to me, that changed the moment that I had kids. When when you talk to somebody and you're like, this is somebody else's kid, like what what will, how would you feel and what would you think if somebody if your if your kid goes home and he 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 has his elbows or his arms burned because his shaft burned up, like how would you feel like that's somebody else's fucking you know like to I, me to me that changed it, it it was not the fact that I was doing that because I have never done that to an employee, right. But I've I, I went through that, and at some point, I was this miserable, quote unquote, chef that I thought that I was. That it was just like belittling people and treating people like shit, you know. Until you re- realize that these people have feelings too, man, and these people are somebody else's kids, and they they they, bro, you don't know what happens when they go when they go home after you yeah. just like make them feel this this fucking small. Well, I think a true part of like management and being a chef is like everyone needs to be coached differently right correct and i, I agree that, with you that's yeah. management whether <coughs> front of the house back of the house i think whatever the approach needs to be different with every single person with every single person and like i know what i react to well and i think part of the hard part for me is like now i need to push myself the hardest like my entire life i had my entire career i had chefs whether i liked the way that they worked or i didn't like the way that they worked and then previous to that i had coaches that whether i liked the way they coach or i did or i didn't they pushed me in a different way well that builds you who you are that made you that made you who you are in a way 
and that's true. But at the same time, it's like being being something different and being something else for somebody is is a totally it's a different experience than when when you're coaching someone to be better. It's a it's a very it is it's a heavy responsibility, you know, and and. I'm, I'm proud of the responsibility that I carry. I, I think I carry it a lot, and I think the weight of it is a mm-hmm. lot. But at the same time, it's like we it's an opportunity that we choose to carry. Yeah. And I think to your point, like talking about how these guys created the culture that within what we live, all humans have the opportunity of free thought. Yeah. And we choose to be away or we choose not to be away. Yeah. And... I think, you know, I, I dealt with plenty of, like, former bosses that I, I feel like, and I, and I do believe this, that the, the mental abuse is worse than the physical. You know, like, but I also played sports for fucking 12 yeah. years, so I put myself through a gauntlet yeah. physically. Um, you know, mentally, you have to help people through whatever they're getting through. Wow. You don't have to demean them. No. And you don't have to, like, play these weird mind games. And it's, like, it's so fucked, you know, in the long term. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I've seen so much shit. And, like, you know, the chef that threw a paella pan at me. <laughs> um, I love that guy. You know, like, he, he, he never he never demeaned me mentally, you mm-hmm. know. And, and I, I think that was just, like, a product of, like, the moment. And their own frustration and their right. own being burned and he, he out. Was, and he was he was younger at that time too. And he, you know, I've actually never talked to him about him on this podcast. But the other ones that didn't throw things at me and didn't necessarily burn me, I think that the the mental aspect of what they did was way worse. Yeah, but the thing is that you know, ninety percent out of well, not ninety. I'm just talking shit. But you know, what's the percentage of of the people that go through that abuse actually become or actually get to a point where you are right now. I don't know. It's you tough, know, that's a hard, it's, that's it, a hard statistic it, to find. You know, like how many guys that you have worked with on the line and how many guys that I have worked with, with the line that we've, we've gone through the same abuse or we've gone through the same, you know, mental or physical abuse or even both have gotten to a point where like, yo, like not a lot of them. No, no. I you mean, know, but some of them have have quit because of the circumstances. Some of them just never made the cut, and they're still the forty-five year old line cooks, and they're going to be the forty-five, fifty-year-year line cooks for the rest of their lives. Uh, there's just a few that actually endure and actually push through, you know, the physical, mental, not only abuse that your boss gives you, but also that you give yourself. And you pass that Rubicon. You 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 get you get you get through you get through that. You know, Man, not a lot of them. I. You guys want water? I I don't want water. If you want to get me a beer, it'd be great. I, whatever. Just where are you going to a tourist? Let's ask him for an umbrella. Are we still flight. doing this thing or? Yeah, we're still. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, we're, yeah we can it? record without him. We don't need <laughs> Nick. <laughs> a beer. Yeah, just get unbranded whites or a shower beer. One of the two. I um, Yo, the Hialeah Light from Unbranded is delicious. 
I think you just said something with me that resonates like so hard is the abuse that you give yourself. And it's taxing. You know, like uh, from several layers. And I, I think that since you just opened like three weeks in, it will, as the years go through and you mm-hmm. will like grow and you've already done some of the things, but as you continue to go through the things, like no one is inside of your own head. No. Even Nobody. You, uh, even the even the people that are the closest to yeah. you are not inside your own head. Because they, they have a reality that they want to believe that it's your reality. They're trying to get inside of your head to make sure that you're happy, to make sure that they're doing things right for you, to make sure that you're happy with them, you know? But I even think more so, when you experience success, or what the world views as success, yeah, they feel like you are probably okay. Are you ever okay? I, I mean, I know for me personally, I'm never okay. That's the thing. You know why? Because I, I battle with myself on a daily basis of like, am I doing enough? Is this good enough? Are Am I performing for my people that's, well enough? That's the am big, I, yes. Am I performing for the people around me well enough? And the thing is, it, the most exhausting aspect of it all, dude, is that performance. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, and I, I just feel it like, and it's so like, it's deep within me, and I, I've, it's something I've struggled with hard for like yeah, a year. Me too. Through the last year, you know, people are like, "Oh man, you guys did great, and you guys did this," and I was like, "I'm worn out." <laughs> you know, and and I and I know you are too. We've obviously talked about this a ton. Mm-hmm. Like I'm worn out, and and the thing is. There's no opportunity to take a breath. No. Because now, like, you, you spent the last six months building your restaurant. Yeah. And now you have to perform in that restaurant. Yeah, fuck whatever happened before. Like or, Nobody cares. Or, it's what you've done you know, for me lately. You know, like, w- or whatever happened yesterday during service. It's like every day. They didn't have what you wanted, but I know Pablo was drinking. Whatever, that's cool. You know, fuck whatever we did yesterday or or, 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 or or how good service was yesterday or how pretty the food was or how tasty the food, you know, the guys thought that it was. It's just like it's every day and it's taxing because every day you're proving yourself. Cheers, brother. Every day you're, you're, you're proving yourself for your staff and for yourself but to me it's just like it's never enough for me i i, I always think that i gotta give more and i gotta do more and i'm not doing enough and you know i know we we just cheers but i i'd like to, <sighs> to cheers to you for finally i mean you're three weeks in money Manny! oh man i need i need to score one of those hats though yeah, those are tough. To come yeah, by. yeah. Just, just like the and socks. also, Maybe and not also, so bad as the socks. See, he gave it to me. And also, <laughs> and also, the socks. I'm, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Fuck. Like, this yeah, is awesome. The restaurant. Uh, I, I hope good. Yeah. <laughs> I tried booking, uh, re- booking a reservation. You just gotta tag. You just gotta nah, text me, bro. Ah, uh, come on, man. Michael nah. does that. 
I don't. I don't. I, I <laughs> never, have to make a reservation for the rest. You know, it's been it's been awesome that I think that every single person that I can recognize from from Maria from Marriott, besides you and some other guys in the kitchen, has been to the restaurant. Yeah. Like you're a Brittany, you're yeah. a operations boss Direct, lady, director of bosses, right? The boss of the bosses of the bosses. She's been there like two times, I think. Great. Yeah, she has that money though. <laughs> you gotta check the ex- expense expense reports at the end of the month relax I, I those. I'd like to say since Manny's here and I haven't had a chance to text him today bro um, it's like 11.37pm I, I mean he just got here Manny's working overnights right now yeah, yeah. very sharp so we had a um, a video shoot today I don't know technically oh, by law if I'm allowed much. to say that but whatever but oh, no. I don't know I, I'm, I get in trouble all the time but um, yeah but I don't want to fuck you um, <laughs> Manny single handedly made sure that that thing was perfect and it was fucking perfect bro. it was like yeah. we crushed that video shoot I could never have imagined doing that on my own you know Manny spearheading it, Ashley supporting it, just like it was perfect. And the dish that we did for this video shoot today, which was probably the biggest video shoot we've done to date, was the best rendition of that dish we've ever done. By far. The, The pork was perfect. The accoutrements were perfect. The dish was perfect. The conversation was perfect. It was like, it was the restaurant was the most beautiful she's ever looked. Just like it was impeccable. I loved it. That's like version one, number three? Seven. Seven? Yeah. I've been doing versions of that since before you got here. Okay. Yeah, so maybe version number three for you, but version number seven for me. Yeah, we did it for one of the tastings. And it was we did great. it for the tasting before you worked here that you were part of. Yeah, no. Yeah, that I was the that third that. rendition of it. Okay. Dude, so, I'm so happy that you're here. Me too. Like... He doesn't just work here. He spearheads here. Oh, yeah, but what I'm saying is that this is the place for him. And I hope. You're the person for the space. You that's know? why I'm here. Because that's the thing. Is It's not only, like, the space needs to be the right space for the, for the right people, and the people need to be the right people for the, for the space. You know, like, like yeah. I often talk about the Cybertrum a lot, and I think that... When I, I never worked, went there. Um, it, it was great. When I worked at Cyprus, it was the restaurant I needed at that time. And it really, like, it changed me from being, like, a good, thoughtful cook to a great cook and thoughtful cook. Yeah. And then area changed me to who I was. And that was, like, you know, like, restaurants give you, I think, when when you're really a chef and you, like, what you mm-hmm. care about is food and, like, the whole thing in the process, like, restaurants give you what you need at a time that you need to grow if you're in the right spot at the right time you know and it's like Cyprus was was pivotal to me as much as I hated so many parts of that thing and like I struggled so hard and it was like mental physically it was mentally exhausting physically exhausting emotionally exhausting like it was what I needed to make me a better cook and and I'm, I'm super grateful the, the cool thing is that you see that you, you see a lot of restaurants they're stuck in time right and they're the same version of the restaurant when they opened 
uh, which, you know, there's a lot of good restaurants like that, but it's like when the restaurant grows with you, yeah. when the restaurant becomes better as you become better, it's fucking awesome. That's when you win a Michelin star. Oh. They're coming, bro. Well, hope you guys get them. I hope you guys are going to, huh? That is the goal. You know, like, I've always been very weary of, like, setting goals, right? Like, because I'm not, like, a... I'm not a me goal person. You know, like, I... I, Just relax. Can I finish? (laughs) I'm not, like, a me goal person. Like, I I don't really care about the me thing. But Uh the reason why the Michelin star matters so much for me specifically is because... That shit doesn't travel with somebody. Yeah. That is a restaurant-specific thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, area, this team, the food we do, the service that we provide, deserves that. It's not a me yeah. thing. If I if if I were to dissipate into unreality but, and open a restaurant in Alaska, the Michelin star is isn't coming with me. No, the and the collective no, efforts uh, Ari- from everybody. Ariad is us. Yes. And that's but, the reality but, of it. And but that's what Ariad really a, stands for. But there's a head. And there's, there's, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's a... Without you facilitating things for them and without you trusting them and without your guidance and everybody else's guidance around the uh, around the building, Ariad couldn't be where it is. Like, Ariad is where it is right now because of all the hardships that he went through in order for Manny to have the resources that he's got and do the things that he needs to do to hopefully, and knocking on wood soon enough, getting a star... In, in the city, right? And, and, th- and that may be true, but at the end of the day, that star resides with everybody. From and it's going to be from, for everybody. From, right? yeah. from the dishwasher to the CDC to the chef owner to whatever, it resides with everyone. It's everyone like, carries that star with them. And that's the reality of it. Like, And that's why I'm not like, you know, like we, we hung the, the Beard Award thing up only for this like photo shoot thing I was very like weary of it it's been sitting in my office inside the folder it came in for the last six months and that's actually accurate <coughs> anyone can attest to that but the star is something that lives within everybody yeah but you know like I've been thinking about that a lot not because I think that what I'm doing right now deserves any uh, any type of that recognition but more thinking about you guys and thinking about a of, of, of all the people that actually have paved the way for us to do what we do. And it's like, we see all these fucking guys coming from New York City and doing this and doing that. <laughs> you know, it will be really fucking upsetting if one of those motherfuckers gets a star before... They're going to get... Pablo, they're going to get before, stars. Before, and, and, and just for the record, I'm not talking about what I want, right? Because I am far from that, right? And my restaurant. But you're not far from that. And my restaurant's far from that. I'm in. You're again, not far from that, right? Thank you. But it's like there's just a few guys and girls in the city that actually deserve that, and it would be really upsetting if that happens and you guys don't get it. Why not pave the way instead yeah. of having the way paved for me? And that's like. And what I mean by, like, you're not far from... I've eaten at plenty of one-star Michelin, two-star Michelin things. Like, I ate at your restaurant day one, and I've, I've had worse meals at one-star Michelin restaurants. Fuck. <laughs> I just and, ate and that's, and that's And that's the truth. And, yeah. like, for, for me specific here, we... 
a test within a standard. Like we go yeah. within a standard, and our standard is this. Yeah. If I, it never, if it never happens, if they never come, right? And listen, I'm out here saying you should come here because it's time to come here. I think I think I heard something on one of your podcasts. You know, God driving, forbid, driving, driving to Jetro and driving to fucking GFS in the morning, and. You know, I, I I don't know if it was you or somebody else. It doesn't doesn't matter. Let's make it about you. But it's like, Gross. you know, I had I had I had a conversation with the staff the other day based on something that I heard, and it was like, what's your dream? And everyone was just talking about their dreams, right? And then the conversation ended with me, and I was like, these are the dreams that I have. And this is what I'm doing, what I do, and you know, I want a beer nomination, and I want recognition not 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 because of the place that we're in right now but because of the culture that we're creating because of the change that you know i have seen in the city for the past i would say six years seven years and not because we're sitting on this table and not because we're doing that but this guy is one of the fucking guys that is you know making that change and it's just awesome to see that you know the Bruce Springsteen of fucking Miami oh, dining. <laughs> Norman, Bruce right? Bruce. I won't lie. I like that quote. I love Bruce Springsteen. So, so, so it's just like proud. you know, uh, yeah. You know, my restaurant. I want my restaurant to be the Ramones or the oh, Sex Pistols or the, the fucking Rancid or the Sonics or whatever. Sonics. It's just like, but staying true to yourself and doing the things that, that you want to do is because we we have more to give. We, we are more than the Mordens and the Houstons and all that bullshit and the hotel restaurants. There's a lot of good hotel restaurants, but the small guys just like doing things the way that you guys are doing them. And it's just like, it's inspiring, to be honest with you. You know, you and me, we were so, at, any, at some point in our life, we were going to be working together. And, and uh, I'm really glad that that didn't happen because at the end of the day, you know, for what I've, like the timeline of the things that I have that I have seen, this restaurant specifically has become better because of you, and because of my Mike's guidance, and that right there is making the restaurant scene in Miami stronger. And I see you guys pushing the envelope, and I'm like, fuck, I gotta push the envelope, and I gotta be better because, you know, these guys are paving the way, and these guys are giving us the example. So. You know, without jerking anybody's chain, it's like you, in a way, you guys are just like setting the standard for everybody else in the city. And everyone is fucking noticing that. And everyone wants to like, yo, Ariad is doing this and Ariad is doing that. We need to make sure that we're at that level within our own personality, right? Within our own restraints of the restaurant. But it's just like, bro, that's why for me hanging a Miami against the world hat and the bar of my love restaurant. That. So many was, people send me a photo of that and I what, love that. Was, was the first thing that I wanted to do because that's like a fuck you statement to like, hey, here we are and this is what we can bring to the table. And it's not New York City's table. It's not Chicago's table. It's not like any other San Francisco's table. It's Miami's table. Right. You know? Uh, whatever. Too many Negronis already, but, you know. We're it's, just getting it's, warmed it's, up. <laughs> it's like, I, you know. No, like, we didn't just start. But I thank you. That means a lot to me. Like, you saying those things means more to me than a lot of people saying those things. 
And they, I mean, Manny specifically, because we talk a lot. Three in the morning, I'll send him ideas for food. Heard to, that. Which always start with, hear me out. It's always like, yo, my I'm not crazy, but. <laughs> I'm, hear me out. This is an idea, and I think it's good. You know, we wanted to, and we, we do, and we will continue to, not abide by, like, what the standard is, and we want to change the standard. Yeah. Right? But a lot of that is because of the growth the growth of the city as a whole and what the city is willing to do. And the more we grow, like you and what other people are doing, it gives us the opportunity to continue to push the diner more. That's the thing. And it's like... If we continue to push the diner more, and you continue to push the diner more, and other people to continue to push the diner yeah. more, then we are now the food destination of the country, and we have the opportunity yeah. to do that now. Right now, now is like we are, we a are very the, pivotal time. We to are do the dining that. destination of, of the nation, because and it's of only circumstances, like that, right? Right. Because so we gotta take that circumstance, and we right. gotta say like, "Yo, like this is our time. This is the, this is this is this is the chance that 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 we've been waiting for." To actually, people notice what we're doing and what I, I have a friend. You know, I, I have a friend. He has three Michelin stars. He is incredibly talented. Such an amazing dude. Mm-hmm. His restaurants and his food are amazing. And we had like an hour and a half long conversation a couple weeks ago, and he was just like, "This is your time." Yep. They are looking for you guys to. Essentially, push yourselves further. And I tell them this all the time. If they never come, they never come. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, but what, what works in New York City is not going to work here, though. No, but but it doesn't matter. But that's fine. That he doesn't have stars in New York No, 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 no. no. City, but what but I'm saying is that bring it on because Miami well, <laughs> Miami's well, coming. What, what, what I'm saying is is like these, these outsiders can come in here or whatever, but we understand the community more. Than other people do, yeah. And that's why I remember I was, and it, they didn't write it in the article, which I was sad about. But uh, I was interviewed by the South Florida Business Journal. That's a thing. Is that a thing? Yeah. Um, uh, like a no, like. You, you were in. Okay. I don't remember, but it was it was a couple months ago, and they were like, "How do you feel about these New York restaurants coming in saying that they're going to stomp out the competition?" And I said. Come see me whenever you want in the middle of the street, and we'll see who stomps out who first. Yeah. And that's only because I understand this community because I grew up here. I yeah. know this city very well, much more than many. And, like, I know, I think, the distance we can take this. I really do. And I believe in the city. They don't believe in the city. They believe in the dollars that are here. They don't yeah. believe in the shit. Like, I was at a restaurant the other day. That's another New York whatever thing. And I looked around the room and I was like, I don't. These people that are here, they're not my people. They do people. not represent you. They're not my people. So we shouldn't be worried about that idea. I'm that. not worried about yeah. them. I'm just saying, like, it's just one of those things that we understand the community yeah. more. Manny lives in Homestead. I live here in the Grove. I grew up in Little Havana. You've been here for how long? 16 years. It's a lot longer than half, six half, months. Half, my, half of my life. It's just 
one of those things that I'm yeah. saying, like, we have an opportunity right yeah. now to, like, be who you are. Be who we are, right? And not give a fuck. Like, I don't care. If people aren't going to eat a frog leg croqueta, I don't care. I'm still going to put it on the fucking menu. You have a frog leg croqueta for, for sure? We're working oh, on it. Yeah, it's, it's a thing in process. It's pretty good, right? The first trial was pretty good. You have to fucking build, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just like things like that. Yeah. Pushing the envelope. And changing the neighborhoods at the end of the day. Like, you know, again, not not to make this the center of the conversation, but it's like <clears throat> maybe maybe if restaurants like Ariad or Nave or even trucks wouldn't be in this neighborhood, maybe this neighborhood wouldn't be the neighborhood that it's becoming now. Distance the conversation from ourselves. You know? If, and obviously Manny has feelings about this, and I have feelings about I this. I am not distancing the conversation because I see it. No, maybe, but I, I'm saying, you know? if Michael's Genuine never exists, is the de- design district what it is no, today? Fuck Absolutely no. not. No, and, and Senora Martinez would have never happened if it never. wasn't if it wasn't for, for Michael's Manny Genuine. sweat his ass off 80 hours a week at Michael's Genuine for fucking, how long? Three years? It's two years. Two years. I was a sh- I was a shitty line cook at Senora Martinez. Last year doesn't once. count. Stop it. <laughs> Eight months of that year didn't count. Michael's? It was. It was. It just forged so many good yeah. fucking cooks in this. Well, city. The, I think that time frame too. Like I, I think about that time when you worked at Michael's and I worked at Cypress, and Harry's was like you know doing the pop mm-hmm. pop ups every month with you know Waxman and fucking these jerk offs from fucking Toro that are fucking jerks they're jerks <laughs> I mean Ken Oranger and fucking whatever the fuck that other guy's name are Jamie Bizonet that guy they're fucking jerks yeah. doing pop ups with guys like that and like that that whole thing like that time frame was so yeah, special it was. It, it was like I felt like I was a part of something bigger than yeah, myself. Yeah, I remember, I remember when I was a line cook at Senora Martinez and uh, after we were just like going out and drinking and doing all the things. Uh, all the guys from Michael's were going to the bar and they had the Michael's fucking chef coats. And you were looking up to them and you're like, oh, these guys are from Michael's. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's the best fucking restaurant in the city right now. Um, but that's but that's the thing. Like, if you look at it now, I haven't been there in years. No, I'm not talking about Michaels now, but I'm talking about the impact that oh, Michael sure. had, um, and Michaels had, and still has with the food in the cities. That everyone now is understanding that simple is better. Yeah. And you know, my food is completely different to the food that you guys do because at the end of the day, you guys are a fine dining restaurant. But you guys, your your food is simple. It's just really fucking well executed, and yeah. there's a lot of technique behind it. Yeah, it's more technique. There's, but you look at it on a plate, and it's just like it looks like a sauce, but you don't know you don't know the steps that go behind. And it's ingredient focused, right? And that's what, and that's what back in the day, that's what Michael's genuine was doing. Yes, it's like highlighting the fruit, the vegetable, yeah, the protein. That's it, you know. And there's a time, uh, there's a time and place for that, and I think that now. In Miami, people are realizing that that's what needs to happen again. All right, I think we've like gone through a, a roller coaster of things and emotions and stuff. Ooh. Yeah, it's been intense for sure. 
Have you feel like it's been intense? I don't feel like it's been intense. I feel actually like very. I feel great right now. You know, I thought I was gonna bring notes today, just to fuck you, with you, just to fuck with you. Notes, <laughs> I will feel so pressured, and I will give up early. You bring notes to this podcast. You know, it, it's it's been great, man, for sure, for sure, man. We're gonna close this out with all the regular things that we close out with. I, I've said it several times. I will say it again. I'm so happy as your friend and proud of the things that I've seen in the last three weeks. I'm I'm almost ashamed that I've only been once to eat, and I've wanted to go pretty much every day that Don't I have an opportunity. But I, as long as you crave it, that's good for me. I mean, that cabbage is delicious. I, the steak tartare was mm. amazing. I, you've probably changed it since then. Mm. No, which is, but it's still. Those are the only two dishes that haven't changed. That's great. Yeah. The pork dish was delicious. I mean, I the food was great. The Thanks, service man. was great. Which to me, I knew the food would be great. The service was the concern for me. Yeah. Because in previous, yeah, the service was good, but not as good as it was mm-hmm. when I was there. But it's because I am from the get-go... I wanted to make sure that everyone was comfortable and everyone was being themselves. You know? Like, I could have given everybody a playbook of how I think that things are going to be. But what I chose, and I told this guy, I told the guys, I don't know if you're going to hate me because I'm going to say this, but I wanted to have the anti-restaurant. I wanted to have a place where within, of course, you know, certain rules and certain like structure but just be comfortable man you know just be who you are you know get people excited about the things that you like i want to give i want to give our employees and our team members a place that they want to go to eat and they want to have fun and they want to you know uh talk about so when they're talking to a guest and they're like engaging with guests, it's a natural thing. It's not forced. Yeah. I don't want you to talk about the things that I want you to talk about. I want you to talk about the things that excite you about the place that we're, the, the place that you're working at. That scares uh, me incredibly, you know. but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so far I think that three weeks in, you know, it seems to be what works for us. Um, you know, yeah. I um, I enjoy the room more than your previous place. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just enjoyed myself more. Yeah, man, because the thing is that every inch of that restaurant has blood, sweat, and tears from me and my wife. You know? I every, feel that. Every wall... Of that restaurant, every inch of that restaurant, every inch of each table, every chair, the bar, the dining room, the walls, everything. It's just like, yep. It has such a a different connect when it's like that. You know, like doing this like uh, video thing today or the show thing today. I was asked like, why, why choose this restaurant specific? I'm like, there's more. There are more parts of me within these walls yeah. than I think anything else in my career I will ever find again. Yeah. 
and it's like your first one that's like really yours like you see and as years go on and things will change and you'll probably change furniture and you'll probably change tables and yeah. you'll probably change things it's like you'll, you'll know that one chair like you did that chair <laughs> you'll know that one wall that has like FRP like you put up that FRP yeah you know that one like tile like you made them redo it again. Like, you know. So no one else knows. There's this guy, Joffrey from Miami Football. Of course. I love him. One of, one of the only good influencers on the planet. The only good influencer on the planet. No, there's a couple others. <laughs> there's a couple others. So uh, he used to go, like, he used to text me, like, at fucking 10, 10.30, 11 p.m. He's like, yo, are you in the restaurant? He saw the whole process. And I remember... Him just like walking in into a restaurant, and I was outside on the patio, just like painting chairs. And in a way, I don't know why, but I was just like, I don't want him to see this because I want him to see the restaurant completed. But right. he actually took the time to see the whole fucking process, right? And to see me painting walls, painting chairs, building wood, building the bar, and it was just like amazing. So see, seeing a guy like that, just like sitting down. In the bar of the restaurant when the restaurant's completed and enjoying a meal. It was just like super fucking rewarding. Miami food pugs are one of the good ones. Yep. They are one of the good ones. Oh, yeah. They don't just ask for money for photos and uh, shitty posts. Um, they are they are definitely one of the good ones. For oh, yeah. Sure. And I, I think even above that, they're just great humans. Yeah. Both of them are great. I think we've we've exhausted yep. all of our like emotional, very Ooh. like visceral, like human thoughts here. Talk into your ball tickler, sir. And now is where we get into our wind down. Welcome to our parting recommendations. All the things. That's right. Well, no, that's uh, that's shameless plugs. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's it's plugs and then the things. First recommendations. Then we'll go back around. Okay. Shameless plugs. For right. recommendations, you can recommend things as long as they're not yours. Could be a right. movie, could be a book, could be a dish. Just can't be yours because you get to plug all your stuff later. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's, Do you, you want to go first? Yeah. No, no, no. I let him. I let no, him start. No, I gotta, no. <laughs> you, you're the guest. Okay. I. Uh, <coughs> so do you need some time to think about? Yes. No, 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 no. No, no, Nick, no. I'm sure Nick has just been stockpiling. So things. I just have one thing. So oh, recommendations. Uh, I started. <laughs> For the, the, you know, I go home like at 2 a.m. in the morning and I, I cannot go to sleep until maybe 4. So I started watching Lost. Oh, so far. The show Lost? Yeah, so Man, far. Man, I love that show. It's everyone, so fucked up. Every, <laughs> fuck. Everyone tells me that, like, the first two seasons are great. So far, I'm on half of the first season and I'm just, like, hooked. Yeah. So that's amazing. Uh, number two, it will be. Uh, Madruga Bakery uh, in the Gables. I, I, I like their coffee a lot. Counter Counterculture coffee is great. Um, also served at Chug's Diner. There you go. Okay. And number three, uh, I want to give a shout out again to Alejandro from, from Vinos del Rey. Man. If you're looking to shout re out. really shout, shout good out. natural wine that is not crazy and unaffordable and just like extremely funky uh that's the guy right there you know i'm not a wine guy 
I drink I drink cocktails and beer, right? Yeah. So, Brittany, when we went, uh, unbranded brewing, Hialeah Light, the best yeah. fucking la- the the best fucking beer in Miami right now. Coming soon uh, is a Chugs beer for the uh, opening of Chugs from our from our branded. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> you you're always looking at Nick like. Well, am I, I saying this right? <laughs> Nick knows things. Nick knows things. All right, so that's it. That, those are my recommendations. Lost, uh, Madruga Bakery, and... I love that you're watching Lost. Lost. I love, like, the years that I lost to Lost is amazing. Like, I watched them. I watched that show hard for, like, three years. Because the thing is that one of my dreams is to be stranded on a fucking island. Yeah. I, I often <laughs> yeah. wonder if, you know, uh, about things like that. Anyhow. If, I was, if I was away from a restaurant, like if I was stranded on an island, what would I do? I'll kill it on an island. You would. <laughs> I love that. I would kill it on an island, stranded by myself, and see what would happen. I would crush it. I love that. That's good. Paulo Sitzman, everyone. Recommendations. Whew. Um, you know, I... I'm incredibly enamored by what's happening in Coral Gables Dining. To see Sitsum open and Luca open, which I think is the best rendition of Giorgio's food. Those mushrooms are the shit. I I would actually say like that was my least favorite dish. Really? Yeah. I I've I've loved. I I liked everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I loved. So many other things, just like simple shit, like the morning. I'm doing a fried ri- I'm doing a crunchy rice right now because we don't have a walk, and I'm doing like a whatever rice that we can do at the restaurant. And that dish is inspired by the mushrooms at uh, Luca Osteria. Love that. Yep. I think uh, Giorgio and Diego, which is his CDC, I'm pretty sure, are doing like really great work there. And I think. That the Gables is like pining for stuff like what you're doing and like what Giorgio is doing. And it was, it's just, it's great to see. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love to see it and I, I would recommend Luca very much. Obviously, I would recommend Zitzum also. But, um, you know, the Gables has been this desolate wasteland of food that's just like inundated with chain restaurants forever. And soon. The Grove will be very similar by chain restaurants as well. So, I think it's incredibly important to see small one-stop restaurants mm. like Zitza and Luca doing very well. I love to see it. I love to see it. That's my... Oh, and then movie. I watched... Listen, it's hard not to like a movie that Denzel is in. Yep. Like Denzel Washington, yeah. I feel like the way that he acts... But he just plays the same fucking role every relax. time. Relax. Take it easy. <laughs> He's just a personality, and I love that about Denzel Washington, that he just... He moves his personality to another another movie. Like, and I love that. So I watched that movie with him and Ryan Reynolds yesterday called Safe House. And it's like just a very, like, a lot of shit is blowing up. There's lots of guns. Things are happening. He reminds me of, like, Samuel L. Jackson. Listen, Samuel L. started... Motherfucker. (laughs) Started acting very late. So I I think that uh, maybe Denzel started acting earlier. But 
I get your point. I'm just saying that Safe House, a good, entertaining watch. I watched it. I enjoyed it. I also would recommend... Training Day. But, you know, like, Safe House, there's a lot of Training Day in Safe House. Okay. I haven't watched it, so... And, uh, but I would also... This is, uh... On Instagram, which I hate Instagram, but follow Drew T. don't. (laughs) (laughs) What is that <laughs> maniacal laugh from the Belen class of 96 over there in the corner? I just like that, you know, I was, he beat me to it. Shut your fucking mouth. It's not true. But you can, later on, when you come up with some angry thing to say about it, you can post a really tiny thing. I know when shit is hitting the fan in the Miami dining scene when I see Michael just ranting about shit. Oh, man. No, I know, I know when it's like a half a sentence and it's... Like an eye exam. It's, an like, it's like so. bottom of the eye exam, tiny on your screen. Yeah. yeah. I will finish my parting recommendations when they allow me to. Am I allowed to finish here? Go, Chef. Sorry. Okay. So, on Instagram, Drew T. Albert. He's an actor, writer, and husband, apparently, father, teacher, and at the Groundlings. I don't know what this means. But basically, he reenacts a bunch of restaurant scenes through different characters. And oh, it is absolutely yes. hysterical. Have you seen the Mother's Day episode? I was just about to say the Mother's <laughs> Day one to me. Like, I felt so hard because I saw my staff, like, after services, like, pounding shots of mezcal <laughs> and just, like, applauding each other. And I was like, I totally understand. And then he posted this, and I was like, I get it. Sorry. It's watching Drew <laughs> Albert. Those are my parting recommendations. I actually felt... Uh, fairly prepared for that, cool. which is a shocker for me. And I'm just going to recommend the 2019 murder mystery movie Knives Out, which I saw for the first oh, time. Oh, I saw that. That it was good. Daniel Craig, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, uh, what's Captain America? Chris Evans. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of people. Um, and related recommendation after you've seen the movie, go on YouTube and watch the Vanity Fair video uh, of the director of the movie breaking down a scene from the movie. Super interesting stuff. Oh, yeah. And now, for our shameless plugs. Pablo? Pablo but did Pablo recommend things? Did you recommend Yeah, I did. Lost, oh, Madruga Lost, Bakery, yeah. all right, all right, Contra fine. Culture Coffee, and something else that I forgot about. I'll take it. It's fine. Shameless plugs. Uh, go to Zitsum. We're open from Tuesday till Saturday from happy hour now from 6 till 7. And then we're open for dinner from 6 to 10, 11-ish, whatever. Um, Where do people find you online? At Zitzum, I guess. How do you spell it? Z-I-T-Z-S-U-M. And then my wife's bakery company, Nikem Confections. She does badass um, custom cakes, and she's a really awesome pastry chef. Um, and you can find her goodies in the morning at Zetsam. And I'll cut what, what times? What time? What time? Nine a.m. until eleven thirty a.m. at Zetsam. Uh, we're doing breakfast over there, and uh, I discovered lately. That I'm really good at design, so I started. I I opened up 
design company called uh, Ronin Designs. With Ronin means like just like you know, yeah, Ronin. I know. You know, a guy doing Keanu everything, Reeves. right? There Ronin you go, the Ronin, right? Ronin Designs. So I started doing logos for restaurants and T-shirts, and I started doing my own shit. Uh, what am I getting own, my shirts? My own design. Do, Hopefully do soon, because uh, the thing is that everything's fucked up in Colombia. I'm doing everything in Colombia. Everything's fucked up everywhere. Right? So uh, my <laughs> shirts are coming in soon, hopefully. Um, Pre-ordered. So, yeah. So those are my uh, my shameless plugs, I guess. Go on with your ball tickler, sir, and shameless plug all your things. You, you shameless plug your th- Honestly, the only, the only thing I will shamelessly plug is that soon, I think within the next... 20 days, we will be dropping the Pig Ink Apparel website, okay. where you can find all of Nick Jimenez's yeah. beautiful photos that we took sweaty on a Thursday morning in Little Havana, walking back and forth, me as the model, so imagine how shitty that was. I was going to say, the beginning of that explanation makes it sound like it's just pictures of you and me sweaty walking together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, not... no, the pictures were great. You did a great job. I did okay. Two boys in a shirt. Yeah, that's awkward. <laughs> There's not a shirt big enough for both Nick and I. That's for sure. And two boys in a mug. <laughs> that's all, oh, man. Things are, getting, things, are, things are getting weird. Um, and I, I think that's the only thing I would recommend. Obviously, please join us at Nave for brunch. Now open on Sundays. Ariad is open all the time for all of your needs at all the times. We serve a tasting menu seven days a week at nighttime, and that's all my, like, shameless plug things. Pay attention. Chug's Diner is opening sometime in this millennia, and I can't wait for that to happen because I don't want to deal with any construction people ever again because it's 17 monkeys fucking a football, and I can't wait to be done with it. I miss that Sasson Completa, bro. It's coming back! Oh, my God. Whoop, whoop. Finally, all of uh, our shameless plugs before we move on to, I don't know if you have lightning round things, but shameless plugs for Dade and Pancong Podcast. You can find Pancong Podcast at dademag.com slash Pancong Podcast. We're Pancong Podcast on all the social media things. And if you want to support what we are doing, you can either advertise with us, that's addadademag.com, or you can contribute yourself individually for as little as a buck a month. It's patreon.com slash dademag. Patreon.com slash dademag. We just added a brand new tier. So on patreon.com slash dademag, uh, there is a new tier where uh, the perk, you get a monthly shipment of Abuela Mami whole bean coffee woo woo to yeah. your door. Shout out to Kiki Valdez for helping us make that happen. But yeah, monthly coffee tier. That uh, There are 25 spots available there. I think one of them is taken. We have a coffee person. We uh, have a coffee person? We have a coffee person. Vite. Vite. So, uh, so yeah, get in there. Get your coffee. Help support what we're doing around here. Uh, and that's it. Now, if you stick around, thank you, Pablo. Thank you, guys. And uh, if you are here bang, bang, bang. after that sound effect, uh, you will hear the lightning round if you're a Patreon person. So get on there. Get your coffee. Get your exclusive shit. Get your coffee. Get your exclusive shit.